Obscenity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Well, try to have a better attitude this week. At least this week you're not pretending that you haven't just received an AIDS diagnosis. HIV. Yeah, sorry. AIDS is just funnier. I just, I'm still really mad about this. I see. I'm really mad and I kind of don't know what to do. Well, at least it's all over. I, uh, it's not over because it still exists in my mind. I was texting you earlier today because we had some time to kill and uh, I was flipping through the old baby names app because we still don't have a decision made. And I know that I'm way deep into it because it's giving me it's like, OK, I'm not taking Hilberto Christensen or, you know, whatever. How do like, you even say this name? OK, so I'm flipping through it and there's a lot of silly ones. There's like harm that came up. I named my son harm or I don't know. There's weird, weird, exotic names that clearly don't apply. And maybe the 15th, 20th name I get to, and it has to be Anas or Anis. <laughs> it's A-N-A-S. I'm going to name my son Anis Christensen. Why not? I like A- it. I, it's A-N-A-S. got like a real ring to it. I like it. I think, I think maybe you're onto something. So, While using the same app, um, my husband and I got uh, Taco. Yeah. Taco. Taco and Anis. So, uh, um, I, I, I think we've exhausted the, um, the baby names app. I think I'm just going to have to pick from the list that we have, which is maybe 10 or so deep, but none of them we have mutual love for. So we're going to have to debate it out and or, we're having the same problem. I'm going to have to exercise my husband fatherly authority to, you know, beat my wife into submission metaphorically. No, you do not get to choose. Okay. <laughs> women get 70% of name weight. Uh, well, I don't know. This is not a 50, 50. What is this wage gap correction? 70%. What are you talking about? We carry the baby and do all the work. You know what I've learned about pregnancy makes me rad femme because you know what men do during this pregnancy? Fuck all. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was providing for the entire family. My mistake. (laughs) You you have no idea what this is like. And that's the thing about pregnancy. Men, they have no freaking clue. Well, what it is like. I agree that the roles are different, but to say that we do fuck all, I I, I would say there's a for roof this of, pregnancy. I'm doing 100 percent of this work. Well, that pregnancy is not out in the elements. That pregnancy is fed. Right. I mean, there's that. Yeah, I'm working <laughs> right now. It's fine. OK, well, I, do it I guess on my you, own. <laughs> fair point. You are a radical feminist at this point. Um, <laughs> I know. Seriously. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's, it's not going to be a NAS. I'm not going with a NAS. I, I don't know. But uh, and the. <laughs> Speaking of hilarious words or things, the only other news item I wanted to discuss, of course, we they charged Trump. Big surprise. They're going to try to put him in, in prison. Yeah. All right. That's this is the fourth time now we get it. But did you see Trump, at least 
one of his responses to the Georgia indictment? The rigor. Yes. Rigors yeah. is such a great term. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm sure someone's probably put it out there. There's probably already the Trump issues dog whistle with the word rigor. I'm sure that exists. Uh, but I'm imagining I like Trump. It. He does. I'm gonna ima- Trump has to know, though. Right? He has to when he, I'm not saying he's being racist, of course. I'm just saying when he types all caps rigors, yeah. he has to he has to kind of know the bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. OK, I'm just. Anyway, I, I love the term rigor. I'm going with that. But uh, but other than that, it will be a call-in show as usual tonight. Most of you guys are familiar with how that works. But if you need instructions for how to participate, there are instructions to do that in, in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. Of course, if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact, or, you know, if that URL is too long to remember, mattis.gay, and just click the contact button. If you miss Sunday, someone has acquired mattis.gay, and it forwards right to my website. Love it. Of course, we'll uh, check in with your Super Chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we uh, hop into the calls? Well, let's do it. <laughs> Nick, hello. speaking of riggers, Nick Ors. Hello, hello. What's on your mind? Doing tonight? Trying to uh, trap me, to see man. you both. Uh, yeah, well, you are the trap queen. Uh, thank you. Um, you got it. How's it going, Blonde? Pretty good. Just bearing, bearing the pregnancy. Um, it is uh, 103 degrees here, and I have no air conditioning, so that's also why I'm there. Ah, that's sweet. Well, um, how are you? Well, doing good. Uh, I am calling in to uh, not to rehash this debate, but uh, if you I have a Richard say, Parker question, I swear to God, I don't I chill, chill, oh, okay. chill your shit, chill your okay, shit. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, I am calling to let Matt know that I agree with Richard Parker. Oh, for God's sake. Hold on, philosophically, Ah. but I agree with Matt psychologically. This is going to tie into what I'm calling about, Blonde. Um, And and it's largely in part because Matt is congenial, and he's a good debater, and he's a good persuader. And that ties into what I'm calling about tonight, which is, if I may, race realism and how we communicate it. Wow, is spicy. That, is okay. that okay? Well, well uh, if Raja Mohan will allow it. I don't think it. so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I won't. Uh, I'm not saying I endorse it or anything crazy like this that. This is a theoretical I'm, exercise. I'm just Go speaking ahead. theoretically generally from the right-hand side. Yeah. Um, I, I think that how we convey it currently is malicious. I mean, it's mostly in-house how it's communicated, and so uh, that's not as important. But when people communicate with the outside world, and they convey or they communicate, hey, XYZ isn't as strong as this or XYZ is more likely to do this yeah. bad thing. And I know um, I know you yeah. know what you're talking about, but just I want to clarify for any listener that might not. When you say that term race realism, you mean that differences across racial demographics are real. Is that a fair way to like a fair way to characterize that, it? I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Yes, that is how I that is how people would understand the term that I'm referring to. Okay. Um and so yeah, that's that I mean that's exactly right. And and I think the largest thing I can say to it is if and I I know 
many a many a black folk, and they are many certain, black friends. You say all right. Many well, many a black folk, and they are certain that they have certain strengths in certain areas that yeah. uh, other races don't, and they think that other races have weaknesses in areas that they don't. And so because of that, they are aware of the concept and they believe in the concept, but if we speak to it maliciously and we speak to it disrespectfully, uh, I don't think that we're going to be able to further the conversation and get the outcome that we're seeking. I don't think we're going to be able to dress this up and get minorities on board. No. Unless well, we're just talking about how it's all how white people have weaknesses. They don't want to hear about any white strengths. Yeah, see, that's the interesting part is um, I think you're right that when this topic comes up, groups on average performing well at something is never controversial. Groups on average right. performing poorly at something is the controversial part. And no matter how you slice any demographic, you're going to have differences on average, whether it's race, gender, age, just demographically speaking, you will have differences among different groups. That's just the fact of the matter. But for some reason, it's like I had a conversation with a, a friend once and I've, I've told this before, but that it was really the beginning of the end for that friendship because it just he just went haywire and, you know, called me all kinds of names and stuff. But it's like Didn't in the con- that back. No, no, not this friend. But it, it was it was the discussion of like, okay, we could agree that the NBA is disproportionately black for a reason. And that's because on average, this demographic group has different physical traits that are are generally better at basketball or better for basketball. And that's completely uncontroversial to him. Right. But the idea that there would be differences intellectually across demographic groups and i'm not even talking black and white necessarily i'm just saying any group you want to cut then all of a sudden the argument was (laughs) it it went to the argument that everyone has equal capacity to be smart which was just retarded that's so stupid so it anyway i think it's to the point that you're making it's like oh if you say that if you say someone's good at something like a group is good at something on average that's fine if you imply there might be a disadvantage somewhere that's where People get really mad. And I'm not even necessarily seeking to point out the disadvantages, but the fact of the matter is, if you threw me in most most cultures around the world, I would do quite poorly because I'm not suited to those cultures. I don't have the ideals and ideas that they share, and I would fail. And I think that we can express that, hey, there are many a culture out there that are more suited to you. And even if we don't, um, I don't know, push push people towards other culture if we allow people to subdivide culturally i i believe that if we can convey that they would be happier in a culture that shares more of their beliefs and more of their their in, inherent cultural differences that they would be genuinely happier instead of trying to succeed in a culture that doesn't much appreciate many of their strengths yeah i'm with you but are they going to let white people um self-segregate no it's never going to fucking happen also are they going to accept any any narrative that they have a lower average iq or they're more criminal no and those are the important conversations that need to be had not like how good they are at basketball or whatever no one gives a shit about that Okay, I agree, but we we need to make it more from a point of whether or not white people are self-segregating is a whole different topic. We need to incentivize with honey instead of vinegar blonde, and we need to sell them on, you're going to be happier 
if you don't have to put up with X, Y, and Z, if you are in a group of people that are going to be more likely you, you're going to be happier. Whatever works. I, I, at this point, I'm willing to try all the stuff. How are they going to learn to hate to white people? I messed yeah, up. Well, How are they going to learn I, to hate white people if blonde doesn't hate them first? That's, yeah, that's what I, I was saying. I think that the hate thing isn't working too well for us. It's bad optics. I mean, screw optics well, to an extent, but we need <laughs> optics if we're going to win. There, there, I hate to be that guy, but there might be uh, some moral components to it, too. Of course, I, it's not even to me. It's not a hate thing. It's not like, oh, I want to see you punished or I want to see you suffer or something like that. Acknowledging the truth to me is, is never a a hate thing, even if it comes off that way to certain people. It's like. The facts are the facts. The truth is the truth. I don't want people to suffer on account of it, but I also can't be expected to deny the reality of the world. And well, perhaps, um, yeah. Okay, I, I cut you. Keep going. Well, I, all, all I'm saying is, there's. I don't know that. Like, and maybe this is not what you what you mean. You tell me. I don't know that the the realism in what you're talking about equates to hate. There, and I guess not that's your point. All. They don't have to. Yeah. Not at all. I I think that if so. I mean, there's a fair amount of expression of our strengths in-house conversations and also out-of-house conversations. And if we can also have a conversation that revolves around their strengths and where their strengths are best suited, we will get people to be able to have a more honest conversation about our strengths as well. If we're having an honest conversation about their strengths, we can have a more honest conversation about ours as well. I'm yeah. just looking for clearer dialogue. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm with you. I wish that I thought this was going to work, though, because it's all about um, whether or not we get on a, a level playing field about what our respective strengths and potentially weaknesses are. Um, they still want back pay and reparations. So we're not actually going to be able to get on that playing field because they'll be like, great, well, we want to self-segregate, but we still want all your shit. Well, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and forty acres and wherever, and let them let them go crazy, and then we're done. The the original I was we just had Jeopardy on before the show started, and I didn't the blossom. Uh, wait, what? What's her name? Oh no, blossom? it's not the blossom chick. It's uh, Ken Jennings was hosting. And, the, and there was a reference. One of the questions was that 40 acres and a mule thing. And I didn't know that there was actually a reparations bill way back when that was vetoed. Yeah. And that's the origin of, of the phrase. So maybe, all right, we just do 40 acres and a mule, but then complaining is illegal. There's no more complaining after 40 acres and a mule. I, well, I'd we, rather we, so raise us. I'd, we, I'd do, rather, we do a mandatory Liberia. Ah, uh, well, in fairness, that was Abe Lincoln's idea, right? I think it happened. Um, <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. Anyway, this this has uh, gotten spicier than I intended. I guess basically what I'm trying to say is, Blonde, uh, you're probably not the best ambassador for this conversation. Matt, I'm definitely great, not. Matt I'm, would be a great ambassador, and we we need to, as my final word, do something more like what Billboard Chris is doing with the trans. Ooh, okay, all right. Well, outreach. you could be the. You, you want to do community outreach? Okay. You can yeah, be we'll the just, guy. No, no, yeah, no. We'll, yeah. we'll get. We'll get <laughs> We'll, we'll get somebody less punchable. Anyway. <laughs> I, have a feeling, I have a feeling whoever tries this is not just going to be punchable. They're going to be shootable in short order. Yeah, really. <laughs> so careful about your so neighborhood they, selection, I would say. They need to have a clean and clear and positive message. 
I hope you guys have a great and, evening. And body yeah. armor and uh, bulletproof yes. helmet. All right. Thanks, Ben. All right. See you guys. Nomad is up next. Nomad, are you there? Uh, yes. Hey, guys. How are you? We, we are well. What's on your mind? Oh, well, two things real qu- quick. Uh, I mean, one thing real quick. I cannot believe anybody can look at what's going on with all these Trump indictments and not see what a crap show it is. And it's like all these Democrats are um, are inquisitors and Trump is a heretic because he used to be a Democrat. And that is one of the biggest reasons they hate him so much. Yeah, maybe. I, I, um, I'm I so numb to the indictments themselves that it's weird to me that to see him indicted is no longer... You know, it's it's just it's normal now, which is strange. But the thing that does yeah. shock me, to your point, is the ability of Joe Biden true believers, however many there still are, who don't really even have any questions about this. Like you can have questions about Trump, the guy you can have questions about his behavior. But don't you think it's just a little bit weird that there is a sequence of indictments against the president's top political rival with perfect timing leading up to the election? Isn't that a little bit odd? And the things I see, it's like I saw someone post a stupid meme the other day. You know, it was a leftist meme, so what can you expect? But it was one of those memes of the guy looking in the book to learn the lesson. I forget exactly what that is, but maybe you can picture it. Anyway, he's wondering, um, why do they keep why do they keep indicting Trump? And then he looks in the book, and the answer is because Trump committed crimes. Oh, well, mm-hmm. thank you. I, I hadn't considered the possibility that he committed crimes. Yes, it's all of these crimes, some of which date back the better part of a decade, all coming together at this perfect time to serve a political purpose. And it's just, it's baffling to me that that people think that that is normal and and don't have any critical thought about that whatsoever. But... I don't know what percentage of the country that is. Probably that's probably like a quarter to a third, maybe. Like they're they're really hardened Democrats, believe me. Yeah. That. Yep. Um <laughs> the big the big thing, I wanted to say something in a super chat on Sunday, but um being a broke loser, I didn't have the money. Um Rebecca, I went through the same false positive crap, only I was sixteen years old going into a government job training program and they had mandatory testing and I was years old never touched a girl, never been with anybody and thought I had AIDS because of a false positive. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare but it happens. I've gotten a lot of emails from people. Why are you gay? Um, This girl had just messaged me today. It happened to her with syphilis. And I've I've heard I've heard this happening a lot with people. I mean, I understand that they have to rule in people that have the disease that that's more important to the testing population. But you know, there are consequences to false positives. I'm really sorry you to go through that. That sucks. Oh yeah, and uh, because this was at a uh, job training facility, and it was an on-site clinic, it was uh, the people who were working in the facility. About half of them were students. And they told the other students uh, that were there, and this was a place where I lived. And so everybody I ended up thought you were HIV out. positive. Yeah, 
And you know how... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, how did they... I'm unclear. How did they learn of this? How did they know? Other students in the clinic um, that were working there as part of their own job training. I was going into a different program. Um, I was going to train to be an electrician. And uh, <clears throat> they... Uh, 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 this was before HIPAA was a thing. So somehow was, your like test said, results leaked old. or someone shared it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Okay. It was total crap. And, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit older than you guys. And you may remember that uh, there was a lot of stigma attached to people thinking that you have this. And uh, I, they actually... Um, told me that it was not physically safe for me to remain there uh, because a lot of the uh, people there came from rougher, poorer areas and uh, there was a really good chance that I would uh, become the victim of some violence if I stuck around. Just on account Awful. of HIV, alleged HIV positive status? Yep. Wow. You think the hate is real now? The hate sounds extra real back then. Oh, yeah. Well, think about 20 years ago when you guys were in your teens. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess... You know, that is the thing about HIV, though. There was um, just total misinformation, propaganda being circulated about the methods of attainment. And so people thought that you could get HIV just, you know, doing whatever. Although it's almost all anal sex and IV drug use. And still, yep. like, I go to the ER oh, well, and the doctor's telling me, like, well, things happen. It's like, okay. Like, I can't believe they're still talking about this. Things happen to you, dude, it seems. <clears throat> well, the irony is that uh, Fauci was one of those people then spreading that misinformation. So he's got a long track record of that. Yeah. I need to read up on Fauci during the, uh, like, the height of the AIDS era. That was, like, the late 80s or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I, people reference Fauci's involvement at that time, and I just don't know much about it. But I, given how much of a villain he's been in the, you know, for the last three years, I would be very, very curious to see what he was doing back then. And not only did inventing, Fauci inventing HIV, there is the, some Fauci evidence that HIV and made AIDS. He did, he I guarantee you, there is some evidence that HIV does not cause AIDS. Ah, is that the thing? Like the that 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 HIV is merely uh, a scapegoat, or something? It's possible. I mean, AIDS is kind of a catch-all diagnosis. It's a, it's an immune breakdown. It's a generalized autoimmune breakdown. Yeah. So I'm not entirely convinced that the same this one virus is causing is causing all AIDS. Your audio is so bad, dude. It's just the worst. It's yeah, we got a little me. Static. Oh, sorry about that. I'm gonna kill. I'm using a portable air conditioner because ah, yeah. I don't have air conditioning in my house either. I understand. I, 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 I understand. Yeah. No, we can get a we can get a last uh, thought from you though. And uh, oh yeah, well um, Sunday I ran was out doing some delivery work, and I randomly found in the middle of the road a sixty dollar flashlight that I had been eyeing for my night job. Was Just it a mag light? Found it right in the middle of the road. Huh. It's like a $60 flashlight. You're not going to try to find it on a website and I in a crime? Ah. Uh -huh. You're I'm not going to try to find nerd. the owner? You're just going <laughs> to stash that thing? 
You guys would be tough to find the person. Oh, yeah, it's mine. It, All right. Finders. Yeah, it, it was randomly in the middle of a busy road. Yeah. Uh, so I went out and bought some lottery tickets. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That happened to me uh, last. Yeah. When was that? It was within the last year. We were out on a hiking trail and I found a, um, a $50 bill. And, awesome. And it was like, well, if we see so the thing is with cash, too, it's like if I see someone on the trail, I'm going to be like, hey, did you lose 50 bucks? And, he's and they'll be, be like, like, yeah yes clearly you count your lucky stars and you say nothing yeah well what we did is we went i think we spent half of it on snacks at the gas station and the other half on lottery tickets if you find money you spend it frivolously uh yeah we weren't gonna we invested it wisely no we bought (laughs) lottery tickets and we lost half the money but who cares yeah anyway uh thanks for calling in man yep and enjoy your flashlight guys see you later yeah Thanks, nice. Okay, let's get one more before the bottom of the hour. Slapper only. Slapper, are you there? <laughs> Hello. What's on hey. your mind? Um, I was thinking about. Uh, I was going to ask you guys a question of. Um, what do you guys think? The what is the plan of the trans movement? Their end goal, specifically. <laughs> yeah, total I think destruction. That, yeah, I think they're trying to destroy all traditional values, but I think that there's like a really sinister pedophilia element here that's linked to um, a, a, a child having consent over like all elements of their bodily and sexual autonomy. So I think mm. that that's what, I think the heart of the trans movement is pedophilia. Mm. I think there's like, I think there's the Sauron of trannydom, and then there are like the orcs, the orc trannies. You know, when the Sauron is doing the stuff that you're talking about, like the big brain chess piece movement of like, for what purpose are we um, pushing this agenda? And I think the orc people, they're the orc trannies. The orc trannies are the product of broken families or an upbringing that has taught them that they are the most important thing in the world and to bring attention to oneself is uh, a high achievement in that way. And so all this tranny stuff is a way of achieving. uh, It's like, it's a personal achievement for which others must praise you. And so it feeds that kind of, uh, I don't know, narcissism or self-centeredness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But I think that when you come from a broken family or a, a, a deteriorating family situation, you don't find those needs in the family. You need affirmation from a bunch of other people around you all the time. Anyway, I don't, I don't know if this metaphor is making any sense, but I think the Sauron of, of trannydom is capitalizing on that need of the orc trannies to assemble the tranny army to achieve the ends of what Blonde was talking about. Right, okay. the, the gay war and all that. This makes perfect sense in my head, I'm sure. No, it makes, it makes <laughs> it, no, it makes sense to me. I, I get yeah. what you're saying now, and I and I believe all that too. But if we were to um, give them a generous, like, and maybe a non-threatening idea, what do you think is there? Like, if if you're someone who's wanting to support the tranny movement, yeah. uh, what would you think is their end goal then? 
Uh, oh, like does someone who considers themselves uh, themselves an ally, like that kind of person? Yeah, an ally and so, so on. Maybe like s- someone similar to like supporting, you know, gay marriage when that was, uh, you know, the big hot topic. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, w- when that was like uh, if they're being honest or what they think they're doing. What, well, what's the difference between being honest and what they think they're doing? Like, I think that if they actually were truly honest with themselves, that there would be some kind of depopulation agenda. But what well, they think they're doing is saving the planet. What I, ah. I'm trying, what I'm trying to convey is like, okay, so um, the when gay marriage was a serious topic back in the day, the it was the goal. I, as far as I perceived it as, is. Oh, they just wanted equal rights. They wanted to all be married equally, just as straight people are. And that's really all there is to it and stuff. Mm-hmm. That and that's what we believe. And then of course, after the after the whole thing, it just um it just kept on going and it and now it's almost like that wasn't enough. Yeah. So then yeah, I mean, I- so now what I'm so now what I'm trying to think of is like what the heck are the trans people are trying to achieve? Because there's no like I don't I don't know, as far as like transitioning that wasn't necessarily illegal for most of the states and stuff in fact you could have done it if you were just an adult Mm. but um but and if that's not the case then what is what exactly are they trying to like what is their movement trying to achieve what Mm. what is the end goal uh like for them in their own what they believe to be a benevolent purpose I yeah. guess it would be some nebulous thing like, I don't know. I'm, I can put myself kind of in this mindset because when I was younger, the gay marriage stuff really resonated with me. Make all the jokes that you want. But when I was a good boy program Democrat, and I'm not even saying that I'm anti-gay marriage today per se, but I can, I can see how that mindset led to a lot of the nonsense that we have today. That's what's changing my perspective. But back when I this was an important issue to me, it was like, well, I have the rights to go uh, find the wife that I want and get married and live the life that I want. So why shouldn't friends of mine who, who might be gay have that same right? That was the mm, thing yeah. in, in my head. And I don't necessarily have a dispute with that today, but I do have a dispute with how we've made wem- men and women interchangeable and the consequences mm-hmm. of that that have followed. But I think that's probably what they're thinking. Like these, um, these kind of ally people that you're talking about, do I believe that every single one of them is like, maliciously motivated and actually a part of the Sauron plan. No, I think that they think that it is a universally good thing to allow your friends and society in general to live the lives that they see fit. And, and I actually do generally agree with that with the asterisk or the caveat that I've become clearer on as an adult, there are choices that are better than others. And if you tell your friends like, do you, and it doesn't matter whatever makes you happy, that's not really a service to your friend. You should advise your friend to make good choices, smart choices, choices that will lead to his own prosperity and happiness. And that's where well, I was not as morally clear when I was younger. I think that, that the morality issue and how it's getting skewed also has to do with the change in definition of happiness. Huh. Uh, I think that yeah. people used to view happiness as attaining a spiritual enlightenment or personal contentment or um, fulfilling family obligations, things like that. But now happiness is about um, doing what makes you feel good. And that is why there's such a fissure between the left and the right, because we are 
pursue or we're individually pursuing happiness still. Right. And they don't understand why, like, well, why won't you just let me be happy? Because your happiness is evil. Your pursuit of happiness is the pursuit well, of evil. Well, it's also because so that happiness is not. I can't allow it. <laughs> that happiness rarely reaches happiness. I look at uh, what it, it seems that the um, the suicidal ideation and indeed suicidal action among the transgender mm-hmm. population doesn't resolve much when you start hacking up, hacking people up and pumping them from a chemi- uh, full of chemicals and other things. I When I look at the transgender population it's like okay where where are the happy healthy transgender white picket fence families i'm not of saying course, there are yeah. zero but well, they're not very common there are, no it's, it's an absolute rarity and then they'll point to um the suicide statistics while ignoring that suicidality was a major pre-existing factor uh to their mental illness that, that predates their yeah. sex change operation so like we're not going to get any data on this, but I'm not seeing any evidence that transitioning hormonally or otherwise is providing anybody with stability, with, with, you know, any measure of happiness. All right. All I'm getting from these people is like, I feel better about myself. But once you make a decision like that, you, uh, you're totally biased. You, you have to be like, I cut off my tits. Now I have to tell everybody that this made me happy because there's no going back. It has to be advertised. And uh, did I tell you about the tranny that we saw when we came back from our, Heart ultrasound appointment. I, I thought oh. I did. I'll be quick here, Slapper. I'll, I'll be sure yeah. to give you a final thought. Uh, so thanks for your patience. But we were coming back from our ultrasound two weeks ago. I swear I mentioned this on the stream. So if I did and I'm repeating myself, bear with me, people. But we're, we came back. We stopped at the um, the gas station, grabbed some snacks. This transgender person in there working must have been like a 25-year-old dude. Long hair. I don't know if it was a wig or real hair. Cat ears. And a shirt that says transitioning female with a loading bar like it was a so video was game a, or computer. A male transitioning. Yes. Oh and God. he's advertising it on his shirt transitioning female and then he's helping us check out and he's got all kinds of self-harm all over his arm. Like yeah. he's got words carved into his arm and then he's actually got down the road slits you know the serious kind. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's down the road not across the street you know. He's got the Ooh, down the road yeah. kind. What's that? Was that a was that a patient? No, he was working at the gas station. He was oh. uninvolved with the hospital. It just we were we happened to be coming back from the hospital. Oh, and I would, and it's I, just I would like worry a little bit if he was a doctor. But but Kate, well, yeah, he's uh he's if, if that was our ultrasound person, I would uh, I would <laughs> you just leave. stop it right there. But the, to the point that we were talking about, this is a person who can't just live life as a female as we were advert like we were told i just want to live my life the way that i see fit and that's fine leave me alone but he can't do it he has to wear the t-shirt telling you what he's doing he has to cut things into his arm to make a show of it and it seems it seems really easy just to say that i'm yeah i'm really happy i i uh agree with the decision i made and stuff and that's and that's what people who would argue for this sort of thing would say is that like, well, no, no, it actually does work and stuff here. Well, that's here's so-and-so and stuff. I it's just, you it, can't it, really know. Unless and, you, I, and I'll say with that person, like I, I feel very bad for that person because that person is ill. I don't want to come off as yeah. like, ha ha, what a loser. That person is ill and needs help. And instead we're acting like this is some normal, happy thing. And I'll tell you from personal experience too, to your point on contentment, Uh, There is a direct correlation in my life, and I observe it in my friends, too. The happiest I've ever been, the least amount of posts on social media. And I know that I kind of do social media for a living, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, like, look at me type social media post. Hey, 
all my friends and I went out for ice cream. Love these guys. That kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, once I got married, had kids, felt satisfied with my life. I don't post jack shit on social media anymore because I don't care. Because don't why? Because I don't care what people I don't need any validation from. other. Exactly. People. Don't care if, if people like my ice cream post or not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I said I'd give you uh, some last words, so go right ahead. Yeah. So my uh, my thinking on this, what I think the end goal of transgenderism and its movement is, uh, at least as far as I can see, is acceptance, which seems which seems really weird, but like it's like, but like I can't really think of anything else other than the fact that, um. You know, not just in the trans movement, but just in LGBT movement in general. It's they have this mentality where it's like you're either with us or you're against us. You can't yeah. be like you can't you can't just simply be I just don't agree with your lifestyle or just like I don't really want to support this and just be done with it. No, you have to you're an enemy to them. You actively hate them. And even though you show no sort such malice towards them. So yeah, I think it's it's similar to I think now that you know gays have equal you know marriage now they have to now go for the acceptance thing now now it's we gotta get everyone on board with our lifestyle or and then yeah. you know destroy the rest. There's a victim industry behind it too. I mean, you look at groups like oh, yeah. Human Rights Campaign and all that. Like they they had mountains of money behind marriage uh, behind gay marriage, and then when you achieve it, it's like well. We have hundreds, maybe even more jobs at stake. We have a massive budget. Like, do we just pack all this up and go home? Or does the business itself have to continue? I think that's a huge it is part a business. of it, too. Yeah. And we have to think, why has this been corporatized? Why has this concept of morality been corporatized? And it's because there, there are these massive gains that can be made. Yeah. Financially and culturally. Right. Well, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good okay. day. You as well. Okay, we got time for just a couple chats here, so I'll be quick because we got to get back to our callers. Uh, thank you, chatters, though, of course. G-I-A-R token spec, thank you. Uh, hey, my jagas, Blonde is looking really good tonight, but you're wrong about the baby name split. Keep looking beautiful and sh- shut up, silly woman. Uh, well shut said. Shut up, silly woman. Pepsidal says, how did uh, Cody at Wrangler Star get a hit piece before you did, Matt? You need to up your game. I don't know who who that is, really? but uh, who is? That? Oh, he's great. What's his deal? Except he has the he's a homesteader, but he has like the worst. Um, oh, my God. What is what is wrong with my brain? You know, those titles that are really uh, sensational, but, but that aren't an accurate yeah. representation of what's in the video. Clickbait. The there. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm retarded. Yeah, he has the clickbaitiest. Shut up. Titles of like any Silly YouTuber woman. out there, but um, his comments are really good. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll have to look up the uh, hit piece and see what he did right. Thank you for supporting the show. G-I-A-R, token spick again. Is there any news on 1923 or the Yellowstone spinoffs? Damn striking commies. As far as I know, everything is indefinitely delayed. Um, Bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and Yellowstone was already in a weird spot because of Kevin Costner's thing. And uh, so who knows what how that's going to be handled. Yeah, I mean, I, I like those shows. Um, I guess I'm somewhat annoyed that it's going to be a delay but frankly i don't give a rat's ass about the hollywood striking i don't care if they strike for the rest of their the rest of their lives i don't know i don't 
I don't feel like it's a, a major consequence to my life. And I'm going to pee my pants. Okay, I'll be right back. All right. I'll, I'll catch up with some on uh, YouTube. Speaking of Hollywood, uh, let me uh, refresh on YouTube and um, Tippy Stream here. We'll get a couple of these. But I saw today that uh, Alec Baldwin, they're still saying maybe he might get charged because there's new prosecutors on the case. And uh, Alec Baldwin, not out of the woods yet. So I'm going to look at look at that and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more on Sunday. But I'll be curious to see how that goes. Captain Norway says a few years from now, Matt will have to teach his kids or tell his kids that the reason they're living in a luxurious Montana ranch is that daddy paid for it. Reading super chats about tingly ball. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and. Um, oh, and busy butts. Please, the soap uh, or P.S. That's a big game, man. P.S. The soap is wonderful. Um, Thank you. I'm glad that the soap got all the way to Norway and I'm glad that your butt has been tingled accordingly. And uh, yeah, I don't know. um, You know, we're certainly not on Dutton Ranch level around here, but. uh, But yeah, I hope to provide a nice life for my kids and I hope they understand the uh, the toil that went into it, which includes uh, reading Super Chats about butts. Greg Williams, thanks for supporting the show, by the way. Greg Williams, uh, is it really, or re- it really is time to end all pig departments? Check out uh, Harvey Freebird's channel. He is as anti-pig as it gets, and he's no liberal, but he makes a lot of sense. Um, well, the the you as we've talked about before, um, the key to policing and good policing is accountability. And I don't know that it has to be done through. Uh, I'd like to talk to somebody like somebody of an anarcho-capitalist persuasion about their view on justice and policing, because it's not inconceivable that it could be done privately or in the absence of government, I suppose. My worry about that situation, though, is just justice and policing being at the service of those who can afford it most, you know? Yeah, Uh, that's what would happen. And that's a problem. Like if justice is just a matter Although of how is that any different than government? <laughs> well, you might argue it's it, yeah, that there's a lot of that in the situation that exists right now. Um, but if if that characteristic of like justice is merely a matter of my army against yours, then what you do is you minimize those armies and you keep them accountable. And the problem, I think, as we've talked about before, Greg, like I don't have a problem with policing in concept. I have a problem with when policing becomes detached from the community um, and becomes unaccountable to that community. And the more you federalize or the bigger these things get and the farther away they get, the less it is like Sheriff Joe coming over and talking to neighbor Bob, who he knows. And the more yeah. it is some faceless guy taking a battering ram to your door in the middle of the night or the early morning because you <laughs> posted some shit about Joe Biden or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, somewhat, whether the police are a, a public entity or not someone's got to do the policing whether that's a if that's a private force i just worry that the private force would be highly highly corrupt but you know i think certainly our federal policing is highly corrupt as is uh just a couple more here holden mulray okay you low down money grabbers i'm now a gentleman i like that moniker it reminds me of trump's meeting with kim jong-il i recall uh, it was a getting to know you meeting Plus, ah, thank you. So you're referring, I think, to either on my YouTube channel, the um, supporter tiers or on Subscribestar. I think they're the same tiers. But yes, if you are a monthly supporter, uh, you get the gentleman label because I'm trying to be classy about it. So thank you for supporting the show. Much appreciated. Uh, Greg also adds Antifa is right about some things. 
corporations really are fascists, as are pig departments. Pig departments exist to protect the American businessman from street retaliation when they con someone into a bad contract of some sort. I, I don't know if I would agree that that's the reason that they exist, though they could be corrupted into that sort of thing. But the, uh, the principle on which they exist, that they swear an oath to defend the rights of the citizenry, yeah, that's I think that's perfectly valid. And again, someone's going to have to do it. I don't know that it's that it has to be a police force that's a public entity, but if not, you're the bottom line is I think whether you're talking about a public police force or some kind of private force to handle this, you need people of upstanding moral quality who don't put their own exactly. interests or institutional interests over the moral truth of the matter. I don't know. So maybe I don't know if the problem is as much the organizational structure of our institution as it is the quality of the people within it. It's like, how can you exp- how can you expect moral quality from an organization of morally degenerate people? And I'm certainly not saying, you know, all people like all cops or something like that. But I think it's a self-perpetuating problem. Like the more that police departments have become corrupted and become the enemy And then the more they've been scaled back in response to things like Black Lives Matter, the more they're going to attract the worst kind of guy. Exactly. Because that person wants power or because, hey, it's hard to hire. So we have to take the hobo with a felon. So we have to take them because they lower the standard. It's it's kind of a death spiral, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you, Greg. We got to get back to, uh, to the callers. Appreciate the chatters. We'll come back to you at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have oh, to just circle back to- with you. Oh, hey, Blondie Matt. Hello, Gilgamesh. Good evening. Um, oh, can I promote something for you guys? I've been wanting to do this for a while. Sure. Okay, I want to promote my channel. On Rumble is Panzer Dragon. On Odyssey, it's it's Gilgamesh and BitChute is Gilgamesh 1. Oh, Matt, I thought that um, in... in Indiana Jones that Indy and Miriam met when they were in college. I had to look it up like you did. And I, oh, they were, she was 15. Yeah. In the 1920s where that was considered acceptable. And not like now. Well, <laughs> Wait, it was well, in the 20s? That movie was set in the 20s? Hold on. Yep, it's, let's be, hold on. Let me just clarify one thing because it's not just the age. So according to the original script, she was 15. He was 27. He was 27. Yeah. But it's not just the age, too. The circumstances are Indiana Jones nailed his friend's daughter and bailed. Yeah. That, yes. okay, that's, that's piece oh, of I shit. Oh, I know that's messed up. That's, yeah. me- that's why That's like kill a guy him. type stuff. If your friend does that to you, you kill him. And people understand why. I, but yeah, I was like, I thought they'd been in college because he's a professor of archaeology and she was a student. I didn't yeah. know it was that far back. But yeah, that and period my, of time, yeah, it is messed up. But I was like, I looked at the time, the 20s. Yeah, that stuff was quite normal for adult men to sleep with teenagers. Nowadays, people look frown on that and say, Go to Yeah, Pris- didn't Elvis marry Pris- Priscilla Preston when she was, she was 16? I think she was 14. Oh, she, no, he started sleeping with her when she was 14. He married her, I think, when she was 16. And that was and what, like the 50s? Nobody cared. Yeah, I nobody think, cared. But I think the other, the other consideration here and the other point I'll push back on is is this movie was made in the early 1980s. Yeah. And what for what purpose is that plot point included? It's it's actually kind of know. irrelevant to the know. plot and because I have to Steven know. Spielberg is a per. That's that's what I have to conclude. Him. That's the only yeah. reason they put it in. It's like why she punched him and was so angry at him that he slept with her and ditched her. 
And he didn't feel bar bothered by what he did to her. That's what, why they did that. I guess is the only reason. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's one of those it things too. Like Dick he actually is. Yeah. So um, and I get that, you know, a lot of the, I won't go as far as to call them Jones liquors. Like I did with the cane liquors, but well, Jones yeah. defenders will say, well, what were you, were you of the understanding that Indiana Jones is some, uh, a character of moral perfection that he is not a oh, flawed no, person. Not. I get that he's, no, he's sort of a, a scoundrel yeah. type okay. of guy. The guy at the but, beginning of the movie that betrays Indy was played by Alfred Molina. That gets spiked on the wall that, that took the, yeah. the, the... Yeah, that was Alfred Molina in his, I think, one of his early roles. And, yeah, when he gets spiked on the wall when he's trying... When he says, give me give me the whip and I'll give you... Give me the stone, I'll give you the whip. And then he runs and he finds him on the wall spiked. Yeah. That was Alfred Molina. Well, and, what's his deal? Um, I don't know what, what well, I don't know who that Spider -Man is. Spider-Man 2, he played Dr. Octopus. Okay. Yeah, he, he's been in a lot of movies. But also, the whip, the scene where Indy pulls out the gun and shoots the guy, was it wasn't supposed to be go that way. He was supposed to take the whip. But Harrison Ford was so sick the day you could actually see he was, he had like 104 temperature and he was, he was like barely holding it together. That's why he pulls the gun out and shoots it and... Spielberg was upset, but when he looked back and saw everyone laughing at the scene, that's why he kept it in. Because huh. Harrison Ford passed out. He collapsed. He looked to the part, like sweaty in the oh, desert. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was really sick. He <laughs> caught some food poison or something. He yeah. was off. It was the heat and everything. Um, All right. Oh. One, one, one quick thought, and then we got to let you go. Oh, one last thing? Yep. Okay. To the it, people, the native people of Hawaii, I feel terrible at what our government's done to you. From the day they stole your country, your country from you and ousted your queen to the fact that they burned your homes down, I wish the best for all of you. Um, yes. Did you see really graceful's video? Yeah. Oh, man, dude. She had some compelling evidence that this was some government shakedown. Oh, it was. Well, they wanted to buy the homes from them, but they refused to sell so they they made sure nothing nobody had a chance to get out and then okay. you hear the governor say we're going to we're going to seize the land to sell it oh, he's yeah, that's interesting that. he's to make, yeah, he's and then Rock. it was and multiple fires yeah. started in different places and they still time. haven't named the uh the cause officially yet as far as i've seen but yeah because so. it's government arson <laughs> that's <laughs> we got while they protected the rich assholes home like oprah winfrey's and yeah. you know all those people's homes were perfectly fine all and right. Their houses, and these were historic houses, by the way, that been yeah. there. And these people are only going to get seven hundred dollars from the government. Oh yeah. Well, they just have to move to Kiev, and then they'll get all the money yeah, they want. It's very simple. Then we'll give you thirteen oh, trillion dollars. We got to let Don't you get go. Don't get them started. But thank you, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You too. Thanks. Bye -bye. I'm gonna have to read up on that because, to me, the fact, my initial reaction, and I say this as someone who's not super tinfoily about the Maui situation, it's like. You know, a wildfire can spread in hot wind like that very quickly, and it happens all the time. But um, the idea that that there's big business interests buying up uh, property after a disaster like that, in general, I don't find to be that suspicious. And I'm not saying in this case, because I don't know what the backstory is. I'll have to read up on it. But in general, whenever that point is raised, I'm thinking, well, who else is going to buy up this type of destroyed area? Like, you're not going to have single families go in and say, yes, I'll take that pile of rubble to fix, please. Exactly, it's going to take, yeah. it's going to take someone with money to invest, to build it into something 
great again. So the mere fact that that business interests buy it up after a disaster isn't necessarily suspicious to me, but it might be if there was a whole dispute that led up to that. Like, yeah, business X comes in, tries to buy a bunch of stuff from a community that's there. The community fights them and says no. And maybe the government tries to strong arm them in one way or another, and they still resist. If it happened after something like that, that does raise eyebrows a little bit more, especially if it was. And I'm, I don't know if this is the case in Maui, but I could envision a situation in which business X comes in and says, hey, give us that for this amount of money. They say no. Disaster comes through and business X says, now we will purchase it for that amount of money. That would yeah. definitely be suspicious if that's what happened. And I don't know that is, but uh, I'll have to read about it. If I that's saw this- some YouTube video of this guy who was talking about vacation hacks, and he likes to go to countries after they have a terrorist attack because everything's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, well, what I was, was thinking it? about that. I'm like, is this what the government's doing in Maui right now? It's, it's like when we went to... Uh, I, I, my wife, when we moved her from California up here in 2018, it was a year after the uh, Vegas shooting. And we right. stopped in Las Vegas and it was the night of the midterm election in 2018. And we stayed at the Trump Hotel because why not? It seemed cool. Yeah. But when we were in town, I was joking. I'm like, I wonder what the I wonder what the discount is at the old Mandalay Bay. We should go see. Uh, we did not. But you wonder if. You, yeah, it's like if you, you go to Vegas uh, in November 2017 or. Um, if you chase disaster discounts like that. There's probably a lot of money to be saved. You're right. Yeah. Anyway. And it's not like it's more likely to happen again. Uh, yeah, I guess. Reinhardt, are you there? <sighs> Reinhardt? Can you hear him? No. No? Okay. Reinhardt, uh, we will come back to you. Let's try Razor. Razor, are you there? Razor. Okay, I can't hear him either. Can you? Okay. Now I have Reinhardt again. <laughs> Reinhardt, are you there? Okay. Let's try Sebastian. Sebastian, are you there? What is Hello? happening? Oh, there oh, we go. Okay. okay, Sebastian, what's on your mind? People well, call hello. you Seabass. Uh, actually, that that has been people have called me that. Yeah, um, my old friend Sebastian, we call him Seabass. Hmm. Um, so this is the third week in a row that I've been trying to call in. So thankfully, I guess third time's a charm. Right. Both times before, I was the last caller. Like, if you had gone for one more caller, I would have been called. Uh, but I, I so well, just, I just for, thought that was funny. Thanks for sticking with it. Yes. Um. I love uh I love <laughs> I love making you guys uncomfortable with the topics that I talk about. No, um so I wanted so I'm gonna read out I wrote this down like two weeks ago because I wanted to talk about this and then I'm gonna give some context after I read it out. Um okay, is, is that is that fine? Yes, yeah. sir. You go right ahead. Okay. Out. So I wrote down <clears throat> The warrior spirit versus the civilizational maintenance of bourgeois morality. So I'm okay. going to give some context because that's kind of a lot. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to um, academic agents dream on a British artist known as Francis Bacon. Um, and Francis Bacon was a um, sort of right wing reactionary homosexual artist of the 20th century. Um, 
and he you know they were explaining a lot of his art or whatever and a lot of his um his personal muses and they were all like really um masculine uh like gangsters of the swinging 60s and so one of the moderators was or one of the commentators was explaining that a lot of the uh really butch like mobsters were all gay <laughs> hmm. okay and there's this sort of perception um with homosexuality that it's you know very camp basically um but it's very what or at least camp camp sort of what Oh, you've never heard that term before? No, I must be too You're, old. You, really you are aren't following man. the Met Gala themes of the last five years? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I need that one explained to me. It's sort of like irreverent, um, gender-bending, fun. Like, it's a very, it has a lot of connotations. But anyway, um, but basically feminine is what I should say, right? The idea is a gay men are feminine, you know, lisping, queers, whatever. Yeah. Um, so... I've learned in my own personal life that is not really the case. And so I commented, I, I sent a super chat and I was like, oh, academic agent doesn't want to know certain what certain behaviors go on in uh, the Marine Corps. He'd have a heart attack, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the reason I, I, I brought this up, the, the reason this connects to what I said is there's this sort of perception um, with, you know, with our with our morality that um human sexuality is base is very simple and isn't really complicated um and so the if you look you know in, in past civilizations right greece and rome this was also a very common theme where a lot of the very uh, masculine archetypes were basically all sodomites hmm. um and so the idea that um, from the sort of Victorian morality that emerged, that they basically pathologized uh, basically immoral behavior as a way to sort of cover it up. Um, but you're operating that, from the premise. You're operating from the premise that um, that Greek and Roman times are the natural state of sexual being when really they had descended into uh, uh, immoral hedonism. I would argue, See, I would argue that... Um, in the context of Rome, I would agree. But if you look at... Um, I, there was... Um, I don't know if you know who Bronze Age Pervert is. I don't know if that... Bap, I don't know if you know who that is. He's um, a big know. Nietzschean. Um, he's very popular in right-wing spaces. He did a whole podcast episode because there's this... There's this, been this new... Um, re-examination of the belief, especially with Greeks, that are are um, we're just projecting our own homosexual, like liberal homosexual beliefs onto their society, and that really that never really took place. But he basically did a, a podcast explaining that um, at the height of Greek power, they were gayer than as they declined. They actually got more so uh, straight, so to speak. As the You're civilization the, declined, the but I'm not talking. Of, I'm not talking about power. I'm not talking about power. I'm talking about morality. oh, even their cultural output. Like I think of no, all no, the, but I'm um, not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about output know, or sort of productivity or power. Stages. Mm. I'm sorry. No, I'm not talking about output or power or productivity. I'm talking about about morality, and sometimes that doesn't coincide with um, yeah, that's, with that's the certainly true. Of the 
but there's also no okay so let's strip morality from this like we're projecting our morality yes. on sexuality whatever okay let's ignore all of that there's no biological basis for male bisexuality there isn't there there's a biological basis for female sexual bisexuality in case all of the men get killed off like you, you'll let out with that chick that's why women are are just more sexually fluid yeah well but i, I would go ahead but the anus is not a sex organ. That's why um, HIV is rampant in the homosexual community and other STDs. Um, and there's there's just no there's just no reason biologically that men should be having sex with other men. So I, I agree with basically everything you said, except for the. So let me just classify qualify. Um, I I'm not saying that this is like a biological uh, drive because I don't really believe that that's the case. I'm here, I basically believe it's uh, behavior, and it's behavior that can be enforced and reinforced. Um, but the reason that I, I, I bring this up is because um, the fact that it's so common, not only in the military, but is it, in Is it common culture, in the military, though? I'm not yes. seeing any evidence of that. Yes. Yeah, so, I don't well, know. I, I, mean, I, I still get the personal, vibes that, like, in the military, they would be doing fag drags and stuff like that. I saw Top Gun. No, I don't know. So, <laughs> okay. so the reason I bring this up is because I... Um, that, was the, that was the chair force. I, 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 <laughs> I used to think that, too, because I'm like, this is just... this is. I, I was of the opinion that this is all just liberal homosexual projection, right? That was what I used to believe. And then I, um, in right-wing spaces, discovered... Uh, that that is not really the case. Um, and I, I really can't explain more than just sort of personal ag- anecdotes and I guess physical well, I guess evidence I'm, that I'm, I'm a little uh, clarify the point for me when you say, um, I guess when we look back at the, the, the Greek societies or whatever older societies, are you saying there were fewer gay guys or that the gay guys weren't as gay in the form of, uh, you know, twinkiness? What? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> <laughs> is that there were fewer with... gay guys or the gays the gays were less gay Wait, what are we talking that's what i'm well about. does that make sense i guess it's, okay, more, yeah. it's more of the second it's more of the second one but also not really because there were okay. certain prominent people that were like notorious for being faggy and they had all sorts of um uh they were you know people would talk about them write about them make fun of them, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there is a sort of power dynamic in this as well. Right. So the person being penetrated, um, the bottom <laughs> was always seen as lesser. Yeah. The bottom. And there is some debate about how much of this behavior, right? Like pedestry, um, the pederast that's, that's the other thing, the pederastic relationships, how much of that actually involved anal sex. And <laughs> So was it just about companionship? Or or, or, yeah, are we saying it was non-sexual or are we saying they just did other stuff? Well, it it's sexual, but not the the ideal, I guess, or what was sort of commonly practiced was not physical penetration of the anus, generally speaking. That was sort of looked down upon. (laughs) It was just theoretical or (laughs) no, well, there's other most goddamn faggy thing you've ever seen. Physical penetration of the So they were just like blowing. No, the other thing they weren't blowing each other. They 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 viewed blowjobs as sort of ridiculous. They were um, fucking each other's thighs. Apparently, that is so (laughs) interesting. That's gayer. (laughs) That's somehow less gay. I don't know. That's a great debate. It's like, listen, if you're gonna fuck a guy, 
You don't half fuck a guy, okay? You, you, you get in there, yeah. yeah. You so, don't um, fuck a guy's thighs. What, <laughs> I mean, what, so, what is that? But that, what, that like, how would that I even happen? So this is in the context of um, pedish, ped, a pederastic relationship. So <laughs> okay. this was oh. a an educational. <laughs> they were thoughtful it was about an, these young men. <laughs> this was like a an educational institution of the elites, basically. Yeah. And you'd have, and I'm gonna explain because a lot of people think it's like a five year old boy. It's like a six year old man or something. He's like and that is not thirteen or something. Right? Fourteen, fifteen, we, with like a seventeen to twenty two year old usually. Like these are not people that are twenty years apart. They're usually three to five years apart. This is inside of the Indiana still... Jones window. I mean, that's how normal this is. <laughs> oh well, I also think that that he didn't do anything wrong in that context. But anyway, that's okay. just my own. I don't mean person. to divert. We we do have to <laughs> yes. probably finish so, up here yeah, quickly, so... but I'll give you a final point if you like it. Okay, Thanks a lot. So I'm never basic... going to be aroused ever again. So this is great. <laughs> oh, I know. Um. So no, the my main thing is that. You know, if this is the case, right, if our understanding of human sexuality is basically wrong in both contexts, right, we're either projecting our morality on other people, whether it's liberal or not, or we're um, having basically negative stereotypes about who is doing what, we're not really, um, we're not really understanding the way that certain men behave when they're around other men, Okay, if that makes any sense. I. So um, military, prison, navy, that sort of stuff. I'm not sure I'm but following that's, completely. That's in the but... absence of women, though. I think men, their sex drive is yes, so high no, that, that they're that's like. The other thing. That's the other thing that needs that I, I that um the reason I bring this up is because clearly that's not biological, right? If it's in the absence of women that you're having sex with men, that is not a biological drive. That is a physical, moral choice. Yeah. Does that make sense? All right. Yes. So, All right, we yeah, got to let you go, but uh, thank you for the uh, the history lessons and the uh, insight and the yes, thoughts. yes, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I dare you, fucking bitch. History's gays were just tougher gays, you know. And they were gayer gays. Oh, they were more gay. Yeah. I thought. See, I I wasn't following fully. Maybe I needed okay. to explain to I, me again. I reject that it's gayer to stick your wiener between a guy's thighs than to put it in a guy's bottle. I mean, they're both gay. I guess my point yeah, but is that's like that's like seventy percent less gay. It's like if you're gonna be gay, be gay. You don't half gay. What? The, no, why? but if you half gay, then you could kind of walk it back and be like, it was a college thing. You know? Oh, I fucked a guy's thighs once, but you know, it was just experimental. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. In today's society, yeah, you could do that. Okay. Uh, no, I'm going to say that. Especially if you're European. I'm going to say that is just as gay as fucking a guy's butt. Nope, it's but, less gay. <laughs> I failed this. I don't I don't see the distinction. It's it's sticking your wiener in a guy's You don't see either a distinction? Orifice or quasi orifice for the purpose of sexual pleasure. It's like Okay, a gap between the thighs is not as much of a sexual commitment as sticking it in where okay. a man poops. Like How about this? Which would you rather do? Somebody we, puts a, a gun to your head and they're like you're going to fag out. Are you going to stick it in between a guy's thighs? You say I'm going to fuck that ass like a real man, like a real guy. <laughs> Get it over here. I'm just saying, okay, hypothetically, and we're late for Super Chat, and this is a preposterous conversation that I hope my parents aren't listening to, but I'm sure they, they are. are. 
Is it more gay or less gay or the same gay to get blown by a guy as it is to fuck a guy's butt? I think it's equally as gay, but less of a gay commitment. The blowy is less gay, less of a gay commitment. It's less of a gay commitment, but it's gay. Okay, so dick and butt is the height of... It is the pinnacle of gay behavior. Okay. I'm glad we've established the hierarchy. I still think fucking guys' thighs is very weird and very gay. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's okay. You know. Uh, I think fucking a chick's thighs is weird, to be honest, but uh, all right. Yeah, what would you do if like somebody wanted to do like either of our significant other? I'd be like, okay, but can we never talk about it again? <laughs> no, you don't understand. I'm really like, I want the back of the knee. Like, just let me get in there in the back of the knee. I got to, I got to see what it feels like. Okay. Sorry, mom. Moving on. Token spick. We had real jobs, you know? <laughs> like, we, 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 I was just, when you went for your pee break, I was, uh, respectfully mocked for um, providing for my family by reading super chats, which is, you know, that's, that's true. Of course, I'm not denying that allegation. Um, And I appreciate the support for the show and, and all of that. But this conversation, it's like, I don't even have that excuse. This is not someone, this is not something someone, um, this is not, these are not words that someone put in my mouth, whether it's gay to fuck a, uh, a guy's thighs. That's just, that was organic conversation. Orgasmic uh, conversation. You heard him say it just right there. <laughs> t- token spick. I would do the prettiest guy in the world instead of the ugliest woman, but I don't know how we got here from discussing the works of Aristotle. This does explain Matt's glory hole. I, no. It, okay. I'm going to defend myself in this situation that, and I say this respectfully to the caller. That was the caller's topic. How gay were, was the gayness in ancient societies? That was not my topic. But he also says nothing is gay if you do it for a Klondike bar. That is the old <laughs> that is the old exception. You can get away with anything if you do it for a Klondike bar. Thank you. Um, Odyssey, we're good. D-Live, we're good. I left off. Um, we'll just grab a couple here, over here on YouTube and Tippy. I it's left 100 off 100 degrees in this room. Blonde's goth, uh, goth shirt. 100 Blonde's degrees. My shirt. God. I took it off. Um, finally, I get a chance to shine on YouTube. It was just a black shirt, guys. Black That's shirt goth. Father John Marion. Hey, Orwell's ghost. I'm sorry you can't understand my accent. Hopefully you can understand this question. What are you gay? Why is Orwell's ghost gay? I assume this is probably a friend of uh, Orwell's ghost, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, if I could find this. Yeah, there we go. The why are you gay sounder. There why we, are you gay? Brittany Pettibone and Lauren Southern together with blonde were the three hottest women in conservative YouTube history. Uh, I really appreciate being ranked with those women, but they're both objectively more attractive than I am and much younger. <laughs> Lauren Southern's 10 years younger than I am. Isn't she? She that much younger. She's 25. I'm 35. She's, she can't be older than 27. Okay. So not, not quite that much. younger. And Brittany is not yet 30. I don't think. Mm. I mean, I'll take what I can get these days because I'm old, but like, let's, let's all be honest with ourselves. A black folk, that first caller knows many of us. <laughs> oh, Very popular say, in I, your community, I'm told. Um, I need to reload. Okay. Let's see. Yep, man. Nope. I missed a few. Nobody. My take on the Barbie movie was Barbie wasn't satisfied with feminist genital lacking safe in corporate Barbie land and left to get laid 
why do conservatives identify with simple no action can i don't know i didn't watch it just i'm i'm just not i'm not doing it yeah i didn't see i don't want to be part of this cultural moment i don't give a shit i i'm definitely uh, out on this one too and i'm not uh, thank you for supporting the show i'm not trying to avoid your question or anything i just didn't see the movie and i i wouldn't be able to comment on it um <laughs> frankly I understand people have their debate about what it, whether it's anti like feminist critical or pro feminism. And I'm, I'm sure that's probably kind of interesting if you watch the movie and you you're into that, but I have had my, my fill of, uh, (laughs) of that too. My thighs have had their fill of, uh, no, I just, uh, I'm not naming names. There were, personalities in the right wing internet sphere that just we get it you didn't like barbie okay it's fine you didn't like barbie are you talking about ben shapiro move on there were i'm not naming names and there were multiple we get it you you, didn't like barbie it's fine (laughs) you didn't like barbie um but the thing with with that is like did you expect to like barbie was barbie made for you you're an asshat I, i don't know I, I didn't really get it, but okay. You don't even see Margot Robbie naked. What's the point? Um, now I will, I will admit that I am a, a hypocrite in this because obviously I'm telling you, I don't care about that, but I did hear some of that. So I at least listened to some of it. There was a part of it. Okay. And I have, um, people know to, to the frustration of many, I have been a, a Ben Shapiro defender when pe- when he's treated unfairly. Part of his Barbie response was uh, uh, those of you who say that I'm too critical of Barbie and that it makes no sense that I would uh, go and pay money to watch Barbie and then hate it. It's like, why would I pay money to the company that I hate? You don't understand. Do you know how much money I have made off of criticizing Barbie? It's a lot. Okay, it has been an excellent business venture for me and my company. So who's really the fool here? Oh, my God. I was like, that is like, the you, chewiest response did, I've ever heard in my life. He said that your defense of your Barbie take can't be. I made a lot of money off my Barbie take. <sighs> yes, it can. That that's his worldview. Ah, that was a doozy when I heard that. It's like, Most popular podcaster in podcasting history. You think I've lost story. money by criticizing Barbie? If you do, you're wrong. <laughs> that was I, not the criticism. It was uh, that nobody cares about Barbie this much. Anyway, at least if I didn't care about Barbie, I should have moved on by now. That's my own fault. Headed to Costco in Hiroshima. Do you need anything? Muffins, sushi, air conditioner? As a man carrying more than my share of extra pounds, I empathize. Hope it's not 96% humidity like it is here. Oh, my God. No. It is, like, muggy and gross and uncharacteristic of North Idaho. Wow. 96% is rough. That sounds I haven't experienced that since Cleveland, the time when you almost died. Not from the AIDS, from the humidity. I got the old heat stroke. Yeah. Uh, yes, man. Uh, hi, blonde. I wish I could have found you years ago. I would have kidnapped you and married you on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. We got to get um, back to the callers. We're already quarter past. Fine. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll um, come back to I'll your... I'll have to just circle back with you. Come back to your chats uh, at the end of the show. Mordill is up next. Mordill, are you there? Hey. What's on your mind, sir? Hey. Oh, man. You guys are having 100 degree weather too now, huh? Yes. Yeah, these last couple of days are we had a nice cool off and then um these last couple of days are probably the hottest of the year. So, I'm over it. I'm I hate this part of the summer generally. 40 days straight down in Texas. Uh, I believe you. Plus. And that's why when my wife was entertaining the possibility of moving to Texas cuz you can still get a mansion there for 
a comparatively small sum of money, I thought, uh, I can't handle it. That's quickly closing. Yeah. <laughs> Last couple of years, it's been it's been murder, housing uh. prices. Well, um, so a couple of weeks ago, someone brought up intellectual property. And yeah. uh, I'm curious, has that come up again? No, I guess um, when last we left the conversation, it was uh, it was about what the concept of property is in the physical sense. Um, the the generally accepted definition of property, the labor theory of uh, of property, as we accept it in you know the Western tradition, the John Locke definition. It's a it's a natural resource plus your labor. You mix your labor with a natural resource, you create something. Uh, and that is uh, that is your property. But in the context of of intellectual property, like a concept you create or uh, something you write or an idea that you come up with. Uh, yeah. How does that uh, how is that defined and how does that fit within that definition or theory of property? Do you have uh, you have an explanation for me or is the entire concept broken? So the thing with intellectual property is people always get it mixed up. They, they conflate all three categories of intellectual property, trademark, copyright, and patents. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have a lot of people who are like patent trolls and uh, big pharma. They shouldn't be able to have patents and all this other crap because they just, they fundamentally understand, misunderstand what each piece is and they conflate them. Um, an example of that also is people get frustrated with like Disney. They're like, you shouldn't be able to indefinitely uh, own the copyright uh, for Mickey, but that's because they're mistaking it with trademark. Because um, with trademarks, okay. trade trademarks is like I am, I am basically guaranteeing my my mark, my my identity. Um, where where does the word brand come from? You think back, you branded your livestock, and it was yeah. a unique symbol representing your entity and what you trademark is an actual icon or a name or some kind of visual representation of who you are to authenticate your that it's you that it's coming from you um and so it's kind of fraud copyright is a physical works you can't copyright ideas you have to actually copyright a physical production of something yeah okay and and what people forget or don't realize is Steamboat Willie version of Mickey is set to go to open uh, to the public domain soon because it's a copyright. But the trademark of Mickey himself, because that is a trademark, that is a brand, that is what's indefinitely protected. Yeah, so and I can't the, I can't make a, a cartoon of my own featuring Mickey the Mouse with his identifiable ears and facial shape and all that. Right. Exactly, especially if it's super close to like their logo design patterns, etc. That they've specified yeah. of this is what Mickey is perfect uh, in a in a way. Um, so like copyright is like I make a desk, I design a desk. Yeah, you you can't just copy my design and recreate the exact uh, create an exact replica of it. If I've copyrighted that, that is protected works. I've I've mastered that. That is something that I have created. A book, you know, it, those are those are all physical property that I've made, and I it's just guaranteed that I'm the only one who can make copies of it. Hence, copyright. The third thing of intellectual property is patents, and the thing with patents is those yes you are ideas, but they're blueprints. 
you are patenting the physical documentation of the idea of how to implement something, of how to do something. And patents are only granted if it's a novel idea and it's compared against other patents. Yeah. I guess um, to think about how this fits in the prior concepts, like your patent or your copyright, as it might apply to like a copyright application to a book or a patent application to a set of blueprints to design a computer or something else like you're describing. Right. Those do not receive, those do not receive property protection um, either philosophically or legally uh, until they are actualized or formalized into some sort of physical form like you're talking about. Just because it exists in my head doesn't mean it's protected right. in intellectual property or would you disagree? Yeah, the, the you can get a, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, but it's like a de facto copyright. And same thing with trademarks too. You can get like a de facto one um, where you get legal uh, enhanced legal protections. Like if you sue someone, if you've established I've been producing this for ten years, kind of thing. So you don't mm-hmm. have to actually formally go through the government with it. But with patents, you do. Um, yeah, and that's exactly it. And and patent and all of these expire. Like the things that are physically protected expire, except for trademarks. And that's because a trademark is tied to an identity. Copyrights are like yeah, I, it, it's shifted over the years. Patents are only ten years, right? And, I guess, and so yeah, I, I guess anyway. when I, I think about this, the concepts do they they are more aligned than maybe I understood in the first place. That is to say, if I'm like a Western frontiersman and I come across an unsettled piece of land, and I I think in my head this would be a fine spot to build a cabin and establish a homestead. Right. It doesn't become my property until that homestead is under is construction. Under construction, yeah. And the application of the labor. In the same and way that, that the, you can protect it, that you can yeah. enforce it. Well, yeah, I, I think it's still your property, but uh, as, as a matter of moral principle, but as a practical matter, someone could take it from you. Yeah, I, right. I, I agree. And, um, and it's the same thing with intellectual property. Is yeah, that you, you got to do that construction. I've, yeah. Yeah, and, I, I, and, and the documentation aspect of it. Too. Yeah. That makes sense that they're more they're closer than maybe I first understood. Yeah. Other other than trademark, because, again, like that one is the one where it's a lot more of just pure existence and it's long term. But so anytime it's come up that people talk about intellectual property, this is why I get so frustrated with the conversation um, in the aspect of Disney and Hollywood and then also pharmaceutical. And I agree that there's bastardization, but I think that's more of an issue of like uh, crony capitalism and um, regulatory capture than anything that really exacerbates the issues. It's not inherent to the problem with intellectual property protection. Razor Fist has a whole rant on this. Hmm. Um, and he points to like, it wasn't until intellectual property was protected that the industrial revolution really didn't kick off in the u.s and so without all of that we stagnate and it and because of the excess of modern capitalism that's why we've had such quote-unquote stagnation with uh just our market and inventions in general you're, you're saying because property intellectual property rights are not sufficiently protected or because they're overly protected and just to make sure I they're, follow. they're over they're overly protected oh, okay. because and uh because it's so easy because regulatory capture makes the barrier so high that even if you can get a patent it doesn't matter because you still have like pharmaceutical even if you can get a patent to 
uh, a piece of medicine. There is so much regulatory capture through the FDA in order to make it worthwhile in general. So the only people who are getting patents, the only people that are doing any medical research are the mega conglomerate. Okay. Right. Because it's so, okay. I see what you're saying. Cause it's so burdensome. The, the financial incentive yeah. at the, as the baseline is the patent, but because it's so expensive yeah. to get through all the regulation that the only people who are going after it are the people who are already achieving and succeeding. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And so that's where the bastardization happens and where people get pissed off at the quote unquote intellectual property protection when it's like the real problem again is the over regulation, the over regulatory capture, the crony capitalism, corporatism, bullcrap. But most people are frustrated with. Well, thank you for the uh, the clarification and the insight. I thought that was uh, helpful for me to think about it in the way that you described. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Hope you guys stay cool. Have a great night. Thanks. Ah, he. I thought it was a, a compliment. Like we're, he was just talking we're, about the we're heat. Cool folk, yeah. uh, I'm not cool. I know that. <laughs> uh, Razor, Razor, you're good to go if you're ready. The redneck saurus, but I still can't hear anything. Can you? Mm-mm. Okay, sorry, Razor. We'll have to try again. Co-design or KO design? KO design? Are you there? Yes, hello. What's on your mind? All right. Uh, okay, so long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure, thanks for calling in. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to uh, first just wish you both congratulations on your new family, your new kids, additions thank to you. your family. Well, thank you much. Exciting. Appreciate that. Yeah, and just... Uh, so many things that you've gone over, oh, you know, all the months and years listening. I just wanted to bring up uh, one at the start of it, this showering, washing the legs. This is going back uh, a bit contentious issue. Yeah, all right. I just wanted to let you know you're really letting your uh, northerner show because a shower isn't going to do anything for ticks or chiggers or Careful. any of the poison over ivy so that is some uh, yeah. uh northern elitism that you yeah, are showing well i'm not looking... any of that shit up here yeah. well wait who's the elitist? Yeah, that... both of us or just blonde well you know uh uh shout out also blonde that uh, which is gonna kind of tie into my question here that i was class of 07 mizzou hmm. graduate no so. way uh-huh. Fellow Mizzou alumni, yes. Yeah, back. Let's see, back in I graduated the day. in 2010, so maybe we saw each other on campus. I uh, was yeah. probably young drunk. freshman. <laughs> that was, uh, that, that's kind of what I wanted to allude to uh, in terms of all of the, the things that you guys go over and people throw at you. You often get thrown questions from kind of the red pill. Uh, I know I'm, I, mean, I just doubt even say like the, the MGTOW, all of those acronyms, all of those things. And it always kind of took me back to when I was at Mizzou. I was thinking about all the gals out there uh, during that time that they were out dating, having fun, and nobody was getting married. Nobody was finding their spouses at that time. No one. And- Do you know anyone from college that got married? No, I don't. And it really didn't 
doesn't uh, surprise me at all because uh, I had, you know, and, and Blonde, I know you like the stats. So you're like a 5'10", you know, uh, uh, Irish Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And there were mm-hmm. lots of gals out there who wanted to go on the first, second, third dates. But then it would come to you were taking too much time away from their career aspirations of, uh, you know, the J school, right? Yeah, going to be a journalist. We're and, all going to uh, be journalists, you sluts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they finally so, make it and they accuse Matt Lauer of rape. That's and that's how it goes. This is the journalism that you wanted. I know. Anyway, yeah, you know. exactly. And uh, so I guess my my question I wanted to put to you is that now, you know, I'm a, I'm in my 40s and I've looked around and uh, whether it is my extended family or it's the gals who back uh, when I was a more just just an easygoing character and all of these gals were just hard in the paint, uh, anti-war, anti-Iraq war. And that just overflowed into and especially you know a lot of the the young catholic gals with the real the empathy it just it just <laughs> rolled into a uh, well you know I mean, they nail it into you as a as a kid yeah that uh you know uh, uh you love thy enemy right and uh uh it just rolled over into uh this political movement that nowadays and for people i've known my whole life uh, and all of and all of the you know the women folk I'm calling out that they are just absolutely there is nothing you could tell them there is nothing that could happen uh, that would change their viewpoint because they have an emotional appeal to it and you know and if it were just my sister or my aunt or the gals that I've, I've known and my whole life that'd be one thing but they're saying we got 40 million women on the verge uh, here in, in four or five years who are going to be 40 years old, single cats, no Holy husband, shit. 40 million. Uh, that's what you said. Yeah. That's, that's the number here. I am worried about the gay war. Around, I know the, the cat lady you know, war is going to be much worse. And I, I had no idea it was that uh, bad. Yeah. That I wanted to pitch it to you because when I look at the Democrats, um, I mean, that it, it's the, it's the, the, the women folk. It is, uh, you know, the, the basketball American population that's out there <laughs> yeah. and, and then some simps that are along for the ride. Yeah. And between those things, I just, I don't, you know, when I try to make a personal effort to talk to the people around me, there is nothing that you could tell any of them that is going to change their mind at all. And that is, that's where, uh, I wanted your insight. 40 so you're million saying you, single you, women, never going to gonna... vote Democrat. Yeah, just so I understand, you're saying the cat ladies are there at critical mass and you've never seen a persuadable cat lady. They're like a, a block a voting exactly. block yeah. that is immovable. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the long term solution is for people to have children. They're in, and then to be yes. a role model for them so that their children will also want to have children. Um, I mean, I I don't know that we can do very much about this. Uh, we need to have of- we need to have roaming posse's of uh, to 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 wed these women at gunpoint. It's the only solution. I'm sorry, but with, like something has to be done. No, dude. well, I will. <laughs> give they a they, they can't have kids, the, uh, even if they're married. They're in. They're not going to have children. So it's true. Not I guess it's too late. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just saying, uh, you know, the pipe dream. Uh, you know, 
now that Jennifer Aniston wasn't able to have kids with two babies, that was a pipe dream before. And now they're saying we're six months out from being able to uh, use um, just plucked cells to grow embryos without even needing insemination. So it's what a they're looking fucking for the, nightmare. We, without they're looking wait, wait, wait. for the sci-fi pipe dream to come you can cre- you, you can create an embryo without insemination. I don't know. I think we're further off with this technology than we think. Like I remember this happening a few years ago. Like all these MRAs were like. We're not going to have to have women because we have artificial wombs. We're just going to have children by ourselves. I think that this is all kind of like a like a jerk off dream, so that people don't have to admit that they're damaged and nobody wants to be with them. I don't think that well, this is actually on the horizon. I think it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. It never be financially viable. That's the other. It never be financially viable. Forty that kind million. Of technology. Forty million menopausal, childless women is not okay. That the. Yeah, but women are, it, it would, it's going to be, okay. at least it's women though, because women, um, they're responsible or they're responsive to social pressures and yeah, to societal shaming. So like what we need to do is make these women um, like absolute pariahs, just absolute pariahs. Like they don't fit in anywhere. Everybody thinks that they're oddballs. We want to make them actively unhappy. Even the cats won't accept them now. And we should put down all of their cats. <laughs> aggressive no um ko the the th- i i don't dispute your point that like they are immovable by um persuasion because i think you're i think you're right about that and so that would be consistent with my experience too but the interesting thing about that demographic there's probably no demographic that shifts more in its political persuasions and voting habits than women from single to married with children it's like oh yeah something like a 50 percent swing or something like that they go from Firmly left wing to firmly conservative because they get married and have kids. And it's like the way to change them in the way that you're describing is not through the old uh, logical argument like you're talking about. It's through the, the natural process of becoming a wife and mother. And we've taken that away. And now they are immovable, just like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, in that, uh, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, you know, you're looking at six out of 10 women are, are diagnosed and uh, they're on some kind of medication and there could be a reckoning uh, if ever the, you know, you ever stopped taking the pills and started asking questions about your right life. I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there. But I, I did want to give uh, kind of a white pill out there because, you know, a, a lot of the, the red pill folks who call call in, they're on this this deal of they're going to do it alone and they don't need women and they don't need. And that's not really, you know, I'm I'm a Catholic Christian and I feel like uh, as my whole life that, you know, we're meant to be together. Men and women complement each other. And that is the most effective way to do it. And uh, on a side, you know, on a side note that when I got right out of high school and it didn't work out for me, I went and that was the first time I traveled abroad and coming back and, and I'm. For all those guys out there who, if you've never gone abroad and just, uh, the best thing about going away out of the country is that it makes you want to come back, you know, and there's a lot of bad things going on these days to look around and say, we've got it in a bad way, but coming, realizing just making dollars and just the amount of uh, economic opportunity we still have here compared to, uh, like a country in Southeast Asia or the Philippines or or any of these places have such just rock bottom economies that for folks who want to kind of see a 
uh, maybe get a, a white pill and have a, a bright end at the, the end of the tunnel or like just taking a trip. I always recommend it to folks because, you know, I've, I've lost friends who didn't need to. And of course, you're, you know, your heartfelt video is what made me a subscriber. And uh, oh, well, thanks. Uh, so, that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually I'm actually taking a trip over to the Philippines. And uh, I tell you what, just doing a do a touch a of sex tourism. Is that <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I mean, I already did my post grad in Thailand, and you see a lot of that stuff. But you know, they and okay, I'll I'll end it on this one because this is something I said I've said it dozens of times since I came back uh, from that Thailand trip. You know, over in those societies, they have a a very uh, straightforward approach to like a, a working woman, right? And because they acknowledge it, that the girls who are nice, classy gals who live traditional lives, you can tell it by looking at them. And the girls who who live the uh, the life of the streets, that you can tell it by looking at them. And there's they're very clear about the distinction. And in the United States, they are trying to blend it all together and uh, put it have an entire Internet economy. And it, it really feels like something that happens to a conquered people. Yeah. And uh just uh just going back to a country where you can look at a girl and say oh she's she's working that's the nice girl over there that's the nice girl i want to talk to and uh you know we need a little bit more of that, that that's true a dose yeah. of that here at home we have really mixed those worlds all right well thank you well, for the call I'll, I'll appreciate give, it give it up for some other calls but god bless you you guys and uh keep up the good fight thanks for calling in appreciate okay. it have a good night Okay, we have one more caller who's been waiting patiently. I know we're a little bit past time, but Dollar Thief, Dollar Thief, you're going to get last word. We might have to be a little quick here, but uh, we won't uh, leave you hanging that long without allowing you to chime in. All right, all right. Okay, so I've got a couple of things to say about the previous uh, about the previous conversations you've had. Okay, so tell us, what's the gayest thing? I'll get to that, I'll get to oh, that. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. uh, first of all, uh your your conversation on segregation invaders won't segregate they're just not going to do that they're here to invade and that's just what they're mm. going to do uh secondly uh joggers are being used as a weapon to by zog to destroy us they okay. will not segregate because they won't be allowed to uh the whole point is to further class security, uh by preventing people from having or the not the whole point of the the previous one but uh people are being prevented from having kids basically by making women feel unsafe because the dollar is being destroyed and if they don't feel safe and uh, taken care of they're never going to have kids it's gotcha. literally a eugenics uh thing to deep and like depopulation interesting i hadn't thought of that angle but that makes sense uh when you don't when when you don't feel secure you're much there's much more hesitation to have kids that makes especially sense. It's not just women. that fertility is actually reduced like biologically oh, yeah. reduced okay yeah so then uh the trans agenda is aimed almost exclusively at white people uh also while mm. saying uh that we need to protect trans black and brown people it's like one of those cry out as they strike you things it's literally <laughs> that yeah uh I hear you, which bud. makes no sense like there's so many more white trannies than there are any other trannies you got to be careful um, with this though the fbi is going to bust through your door and yeet you no they're going to bust through our door and yeet us 
<laughs> I didn't say uh, anything. It's also meant for depopulation and totally. meant to destabilize yeah. us as a nation so that we don't look at uh, the class disparity and only look at hating each other. Yeah. Uh, when we should be supporting true. each other out of that crap. Yeah, um, and then lastly, first of all, the gays were victims. They had to hide in the closet because they were shamed, rightfully so. Uh, but then they they fought for tr or for uh, for marriage, and where did they get the power to do and money to do that and put on pride parades? Hmm, I wonder. Uh, now they want to uh, force you to accept them in ways that you if you think they're disgusting, you know that's 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 a crime now. And then they want to buy children uh, and call them theirs, and uh, uh, soon it's going to be you have to to fuck their thighs. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Palestinians <laughs> are responsible for this. Uh, uh, fair enough. All why? right. Uh, why? <laughs> clearly being facetious. I yeah, I, I, it's chick comedy, but it's sarcasm. I got you. Okay, I got you. That 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 was all the stuff that I had to say. You said that was it. Okay. Well, I I asked you, you for uh, for uh, I asked you to be concise, and you were. So I appreciate that. Uh, specifically what's more gay is, uh, you just stop having sex with men. Just stop <laughs> altogether. doesn't matter. You're, you're gay. Just don't do it. You're acting queer. I would agree that, uh, in general, whether you're debating the thigh or the butt, it's, uh, it's a false, uh, binary. It just, you should, you to should be uh, fair. I think poopy dick is a little more gross, but <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said gay. Maybe I should have said gross more gross the same gross uh, one's uh, more gross than the other is that the first time poopy dick has been said on gay. the show probably not uh, probably not <laughs> god i hope so i'm sorry uh christensen mother it's not and, against the law uh, oh, fuck you. whoever else is listening that didn't want to hear that oh, thank geez. you well we, we started the debate it needed a conclusion and you provided it so I guess fair enough. In one case, your your dick's not that poopy, or not poopy at all, and in the others, it in the other case, it necessarily is. So, uh, distinction drawn, understood. This is terrible. All right, thank you, man. All right, well, you guys have a good night. Bye. Bye. Uh, okay. Well, that's uh, that. You know, you never know what you're going to get with the old Wednesday call-in show. Mm. That's the way it works. Uh, thank you guys for your calls. Very much appreciated. It is time to get to the email questions, which uh, probably be a, a little more. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure that they'll be of different topics. <laughs> if you if you would like to send us uh, an email question, the one and only place to do that is through the uh, contact page of the website. Uh, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. The only reason I'm, I'm chuckling is because I fear now that I've speculated that maybe the email questions will be a little cleaner next week we're going to get uh 50 questions through the inbox about you know how much p has to be on the d for it to be gay <laughs> this one's definitely a trap okay okay i, I took about it took a couple seconds for me to get it but this is a very uh distinguished japanese man <laughs> Makunt Izichi <laughs> thoughts on the on AI film and the Hollywood strike with the trend of superheroes and artificial idols in cinema are we doomed to a future of monotony in film 
yeah, I um, I guess I hadn't thought that much about how easily AI could potentially replace actors in general, or even not just actors, I guess the industry as a whole, people writing scripts, potentially Mm -hmm. Um, people doing a lot of the sort of behind the scenes work of the industry. Maybe a lot of that could be automated. Um, And yeah, I think what's going to get very interesting is, are we just going to generate new AI generated actors and actresses, or is there going to be a future like Carrie Fisher in star Wars after she died where maybe, uh, I don't know, Robin Williams is gone, but now we just keep releasing new Robin Williams movies because we can reproduce his likeness in completely convincing fashion through this sort of technology. Not just his image, know. but his voice, too. I don't think so. I think that there's this thirst for new art. And I'm encouraged by the quality of um, television that's been released over the last few years. Like Some really excellent work has happened in cinematography and in storytelling um, through TV. So like maybe cinema is not going to look the same, but I'm, I'm actually very hopeful. Like look at the shows that have been really successful. Succession or Succession and um, Severance was really, really good. It's like some of these are, are really thought provoking. Don't forget Yellowstone. Ugh. You love Yellowstone. Trash. Don't pretend like you don't. I don't. I've never liked Yellowstone. That show is trash. You keep watching it. I like 1923. I haven't watched it. I, I quit last season. I was like, I'm not you didn't make it to the uh, end or at least to its, you know, to the current end. No, oh. I just couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. It's, um, it, there's a lot of good TV shows. I feel like I'm biased to say that though, because just with our, with our son and our situation, we just don't go out to see movies in theater really at all anymore. So yeah. it's hard for me to say if stuff is good or not. Cause I don't go see it. Donkey Kong's up next. Oh, Sorry. I was just thinking about how I have to pee again. Uh, from most to least evil, how would you rank the following three racial hoaxes? Jesse Smollett, Covington Catholic Kid, City Bike, Karen. Well, uh, these aren't the same. Okay, are you talking about like the media? He has to be talking about the media narrative, right? Because Jesse Smollett is the only person that did anything wrong here. Yeah, I get. Well, yeah, I I guess I I'd be inclined to say Covington. Because Ugh. the evil actors were, were powerful minors. media people Ugh. and the victims were minors. Okay. Yeah. So that's I why agree. I would say that Jesse Smollett, I think, was clearly evil in his intent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the. The city by Karen thing, I guess, was similar to the Covington Catholic thing in that it was a media narrative spun up to smear her. But she, I guess, at least was an adult, though. Keep in mind, she's a pregnant woman at the time, which. You know, is its own sort of version of uh, vulnerability, I suppose. Uh, but I'm still yeah. going to go with Covington. I think that that was. I wouldn't recognize her if she walked past me on the street. Whereas I would recognize that person's not real. Blizzard oh, that champion. lady. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Tiffany Gomez. She's so hot. Okay. You know, there's um, a, we got to do another follow up because there's a lot of speculation about her website that she has now built because there, I've seen reports that it traffics through DC and it doesn't make any sense. Like, all this stuff that she, that she's just now popped up with has, is connected to entrenched DC interests, and it's not really her. I'm sorry. Yeah, we've gone too deep with this one. Um, Anthony, yeah. forgive me, blonde, about my question last week about why men and single mothers. I wasn't accusing you of saying anything. I should have said, "What do you think?" instead of "Why do you think?" I just wanted oh. your opinion on the subject. One of the many downsides of not being able to talk to yeah. you guys live. I probably overreacted. I'm sorry. My new question is, do you guys see the future becoming just like Ready Player One, where people will forget the real world and let it become a shithole 
to have temporary enjoyment in a virtual world, when it happens, will you participate in it? Even just for curiosity sake, I have an addictive personality. I cannot go down that road. Hmm. Like, I can't like, I can't, I but yeah, s- I do see that as, as one likely future. I haven't uh, seen the movie. And I'm, and of course there were times in my life, um, really from like age 20 to 30 that I played too much video games. I just, mm-hmm. I just did. And uh, so I like video games and I'll probably play them again in the future. But there's no doubt that the quality of life I had away from the screen was drastically diminished when I had more time in front of the screen. Mm, And I like in ways, you know, video games filled a purpose in my life. Sort of. I was you know, living alone away from everybody that I knew. And it was a way to connect with family and friends who were in other parts of the country. And so I wouldn't say it was completely worthless and a waste of time necessarily, but the overindulgence came at a cost of just not having as many real connections in my real life and not being just not being uh, as healthy or fulfilled of a person. That's true. Um, Distraction does have its place though. Like I have gotten through just terrible life trauma by watching inane television. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like sex in the city has gotten me through my daughter's disaster of a birth and this AIDS scare. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Jessica Parker. For real. Now please get forever. your face out of here. I don't know. I, I think she used to be really hot. What the? F- That's the most preposterous thing you've ever said. She's got like a long, skinny Jewish face, but like her body's like, Bam, you know. <laughs> well, that's the uh, that's the the Peter Griffin bit, the Family what the Guy f- bit. Is this? She's it's, really butterface. Yeah. It's uh, he, he, the Peter Griffin line is it, it's like choosing between someone and Sarah Jessica Parker in a hot body weird face contest. It can't be done. But who's the other woman? Sarah Jessica Parker, circa nineteen ninety five. Like she's she's like a solid seven. Uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it, but I doubt. Col- oh, Colin Talk Show, another <laughs> upstanding oh. Japanese man. Uh, hey, Matt and Blonde, have you ever listened to that song uh, or have you listened to the song that went super viral this past week? Rich Men North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. I figure everyone will be messaging you about it, but I wanted to ask your thoughts on it anyway. Or if you haven't listened to it, uh, take this as a recommendation to, to do so. I really hope this can bridge the left right divide even a little bit. Rolling Stone already did a hit piece on it, calling it a far right anthem. But I think it's really more about the top bottom divide. I have heard it and uh, I get why people like it. I think it's, uh, you know, it's he's a good musician and it's coming from an authentic place. And it's a message that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, he's Um, screwed, though. I've (laughs) there's even there's even tinfoil hattery about him, though. People are I don't know, maybe he's a deep state plant, but I did yeah. look at his YouTube playlist and it has a bunch of stuff about 9-11 and the dancing Israelis and his playlist is open <laughs> to the public. I think really? even still because so there was there was speculation. There was speculation. Uh, it's not even speculation. There was curiosity about why he has connections to certain marketing firms. And then he had this big Twitter presence before the song went viral. So people are wondering, is he as authentic as he claims to be, or is this uh, is this a show that everyone's supposed to grab onto? I don't know. Um, I think that uh, I think the song is great. I think he's doing a great job, and I'm I'm happy to see the success. Um, but am I? Is that what I'm supposed to think? Is someone trying to program me to think that? No, I don't know. Good for him. That's that's about all I can say about it. Ryan, hi guys. I know you both have enormous amounts of spare time with one child and another on the way. What do you think about investigating the religion of our ancestors? 
in Asatru, Norse mm. paganism. I hope I said that right. Um, it holds us to what I believe is a better standard of behavior than modern Christianity. If you're interested, I can give some reading recommendations. I mean, I'm interested in, in theological truth. Like, I don't want to choose a religion based on potential outcome, right? I want to choose the religion. Whether your soul is saved or not. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, that's what I want. But I, I'm right. talking about outcome for society. I don't want oh, to be okay. like, see. like this type of Christianity will produce uh, the most moral people, the people that are most racially conscious. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's not how I want to get there. I know you and I just had a conversation about like the, the mode you get to your, your Christianity. And I, I, I just straight up said, like, it doesn't matter <laughs> just as long as you get there. But like, for me, I, I want to know God's truth. I want to know what he wants me to believe. And that's the path that I want to go. And I, and I don't believe that that is a pagan route. Uh, I have a, an interest in the topic just because I have an interest in like Scandinavia and my family's history there. And, I don't know, like Norse legend and Vikings and all that. That kind of stuff is cool to me. So um, I certainly would be open to learning about it. You're right, though, for the the, the time issue. Like, I, I just don't have time to uh, to read more into that topic right now. Though, of course, you're welcome to email me some recommendations and perhaps I'll be able to get to it at some point. Um because I, I would like to know more about the history of all of that. I, I don't know if I would get into it for like a like a spiritual, moral, philosophical reason or just for historical curiosity. But I don't know. Like Viking times are cool. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know more about that. So I'm open to it if you want to send me an email. Um, I, I did look this up in the next question while we were. You got to say it. You got to say it. Have you looked up what this is? Yeah, I just looked it up. Okay, so Michael Schlecht says, do you happen to know? So th- maybe this is a question just like the uh, dinosaur with 500 teeth. You can Google that too if you missed on Sunday. Do you happen to know the scientific name of the largest cockroach? I did not. I had to search it. I tried Googling it, but there's no way it's real asking for a friend. Now, unlike the um, Nigersaurus, I think, which was... Uh, I, uh, when you Google dinosaur with 500 teeth, Google gives you a uh, one of those little sound bites you can play. And it says clearly Nigersaurus, so you know, and you don't get yourself in trouble. This has no such audio to play. <laughs> so the name of the largest uh, cockroach, three and a half inches in length, eight inch wingspan. That's kind of terrifying. The name is Megalobata longapenis. <laughs> <laughs> or longa penis, perhaps. It's two ends. What do you longa think? Longa penis. I don't know. Megalobata longa penis. That's a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I'm curious how you uh, stumbled across this, Michael Schlecht, but uh, that's. Uh, you learn something every day. Thank you for that. Uh, okay. Hello, guys. Wrapping up a series of questions on book burning. Given the possibility of puritanical actions on book burnings to destroy an idea, wouldn't this lead to the eventual burning of the Bible? How would you stop the Puritans from going to that extent? Wouldn't there be a war between Puritan and moderate book burners? I mean, like all things, you know, things are a slippery slope, but uh, you would have to control the content that was that was destroyed. You just would. The Nazis were very good at this. They were excellent book burners. Very good. 
Um, yeah, I, I guess the, the point on the team anti book burner is that once you grant legitimacy to that level of to that lever of power, the book burning lever of power, it will be wrongly applied. It just will. There is no human who will apply that with perfect uh, making perfect distinctions between what is true and what is false, because no human holds that level of perfection. And I think part of um, part of the deal in, in tolerating ideas that are bad and, and accepting that the, the best way for us to find the truth and the good ideas is through that open competition of ideas is having the humility to realize that as a human being or even a group of human beings, we don't possess that godlike perfection to know all the time what the what the truth is, what the good idea is, and to be right with 100% perfection. It just doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And so for that reason, that's why you have to facilitate the free speech angle on this and the competition of ideas. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, I guess to... If if God's doing the book burning, like, and I don't mean a human being on behalf of God, I mean God Himself. I have less of an issue with it because uh, He knows he, He's the guy who can make those distinctions correctly. But I just don't believe in any human beings' idea or a human beings' ability to do it with sufficient perfection. Thank you for the thoughts on book burnings. I remain open. I know we um. We had a caller or two wanting to take the uh, wanting to give the book burning defense and specifically in the context of uh, those Nazis and the trans ideology and all the history of all that. So I uh, I'm open to hearing that, too, if people want to call in and talk about that. Uh, perhaps we'll get to that later in the future. Come on, this next one. I can't say this. <laughs> you should. It's K word Mikey. But it rhymes with Mikey. Yeah, but I can't say. It's like it's like N-word rigor. Just because rigor rhymes doesn't mean I can say I can't. K-word Mikey. My sister is dating a linebacker. He's a six foot four black guy who's pushing 304 pounds. She is five foot two, 110 pounds soaking wet. On top of that, he is not intellectual, has the personality of a two by four, and is trying for a career in sports, which will certainly fail. What do I do? She's getting back. She is getting her her back blown out by this guy. Oh, and I God. hate it. Am I wrong for judging their relationship on his appearance? Well, actually, it doesn't sound to me like you are judging um, their relationship on appearance. What it sounds to me it is like you're judging the relationship based on his prospect to provide for her. Yeah. And I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um I'm re- what I'm reading here is you don't think he's going to be able to he's he's going to try for a career in sport and that's not going to work out and you're worried that that will leave your sister without the support that she needs. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, can I advise in how to have that conversation? Uh, good luck. Good luck is all I can say. Um, but I would hope that you have a good enough relationship with your sibling that. <sighs> Things are discussable in a respectful way. Um, and if you if you take that angle of like, are we sure that this guy is going to be able to provide a future for you? Yeah. I would hope that a sister would be receptive to that. Uh, she won't be. She's too busy getting blacked. All right. Well. I don't know. I get Say what you can. I don't think this is a serious question. I think this is from the guy. Um, you don't think butthole. K-word Mikey is serious? No, I think it's from the butthole laser guy. Oh. 
It's a happy trail, laser guy. I think he's very K-wordy and very serious. Nutrition submission. Thoughts on the meat diet. I've been eating only meat and organs for the last two months. I've never felt better, free of pain and fatigue. The only downside is my farts could be used for biological war hair. And I could sleep in a separate room with my wife. Would you try it? Um, I have tried predominantly um, meat diets, carnivore diets. I don't know. I know a lot of people that talk about how how um, all meat diets have cured their uh, autoimmune disease. Um, my problem with it is that we clearly have evolved to eat vegetables and to eat a well-rounded diet. If we were truly exclusively carnivorous, we wouldn't have any, uh, teeth that lent to eating and chewing vegetables, which we do. Um, I think that if you look at the centenarians in the world, they're the most in Greece and the most in Japan. And some of this is dietary, some of it's cultural, uh, you know, they have, they have strong social bonds and then they have communities for the elderly. So that extends uh, the length of life on the back end. Um, but a lot of it's dietary and they both have really well-balanced diets. It's, it's meat, it's, um, it's complex carbohydrates, it's, it's, um, vegetables. And I do think it's important, but I mean, this thing of like, I understand that this meat thing has taken the, the right by storm and everything. But I have heard a lot of people say the same thing about veganism, hmm. that it's cured their autoimmune disease. They've never felt better. I uh, just for what it's worth in my own personal life, which, of course, is not based on some kind of scientific advice from anybody. I'm not making some argument that it has some sort of. uh scientific properties that will cure this or fix that or whatever. I just feel the best when I commit myself to eating more would raw foods be the right term? I just mean like raw fruits and vegetables, but also meat that you buy raw and cook yourself. You know I mean? Like you buy chicken uncooked. uncooked. Yeah. I don't mean you eat the meat raw, but I mean, you buy it in kind of an unprocessed state unprocessed, but for the, but for the butchering, right? You're buying a, a raw cut of meat and you're cooking it on the grill yourself or whatever means you use yourself. The worst I feel is when I consume uh, more processed foods, you know, things that comes in, mm. come in bags, things with preservatives and they're all delicious. I love those things, but I feel physically the best when it's, when it's um, food that is purchased in the rawest form possible and that you prepare yourself. So that's not just vegetables or just meat to me, but like, I don't know. Uh, just, it's like both of those things. Like I love buying the, um, you go down to the butcher shop where a lot of grocery stores will have them in their, in their meat department. You just get the kebabs, man. You get like chicken oh, yeah. and peppers and onion. Great. And you throw it all yeah. on the grill or you buy the steak ones, you throw it all on the grill and it's like, it's probably 50, 50. It's like half meat, half vegetable. There's really no bread or like a, a carb in there necessarily, but it's that but, kind of but stuff. Get, that I'm some, talking about. get a sweet potato and put, and put some sour cream on it. And that's like, that's like, a perfect- yeah, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. I, uh, I'm not like a, a super strict diet person. I just know that when I commit myself more to things like that and less to like, yeah. you know, things that come in a box or things that come in a bag, uh, That's true. I feel better. Before I got pregnant, I was on, um, I was not eating any simple carbohydrates. I was eating tons of dairy, tons of meat, tons of vegetables, and I immediately lost a bunch of weight and I felt awesome. And I was mm. like, this is how we're supposed to be eating, right? So no bread, no rice. No pasta. 
I oh, carbs are so good though. I don't know. But they're I so mean, good. I've, I've reduced intake, and I, part of that is just getting older. You have to, you know, you you reach a stage where it's like, uh when you're younger, you could you could work out really hard and and get away with eating pretty much whatever you want. Dude, not anymore, man. Well, yeah, it's like you can you can work out really hard and st- still, if you eat pizza or burgers or whatever. The hard workout is not going to cut it. You have to have dietary discipline. And that's to me, dietary discipline is harder than staying committed to hard workouts. Like I would rather do the hard work of hard workouts every day than and be able to eat whatever I want than dietary discipline because dietary discipline sucks ass. But you have to equal. You do at least or at least with some level. You don't have to be perfectionist about it. But like my philosophy has always been more days eating better than not. Like if I can commit myself to eating pretty well four days out of the week, that's that's good. Yeah. And then you I also have don't a drink any, I don't drink any alcohol, so that allows me like a little bit more ice cream. I probably have like maybe three beers a week, maybe four, something like oh, that. That doesn't even But well, I mean it does. It'd be it'd, ideally it'd be zero. But uh, you gotta live a little though. Yeah. Is what I say when I am shooting up heroin interviews. <laughs> That's why I have HIV. Um, Ashley B says, hey, blonde, my fiance and I are having our first child, a baby at the end of November. We're both very excited. What advice do you have for raising daughters in this terrible world from your own experience so far? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know how Emmeline's going to turn out. So it's hard for me to give parenting advice. But like, I think it's really important for fathers to show their daughters physical affection because I think it gives them like a sense of... um, of emotional safety and attachment with men that's healthy. And so like, I, I love seeing like my husband and my daughter like cuddling each other or things that make her feel safe. Um, so that's just been like the biggest part of my, my parenting is like, what's going to make my daughter feel like she's safe and she's loved. And like, she has a secure environment. So co-sleeping has been important. And then I breastfed until she was like, she almost three, she was like two and a half and change, um, which is what she wanted. So like just things that, that make her feel safe. I think that that's going to give her the best chance to not be a slut, which is all I really care about. That is the outcome in parenting that I care about the most. Well, I think uh, to that point, uh, sluttiness or <laughs> a lot of negative behaviors, I, I think in, in, in women, they're looking for affirmation, comfort, security, where, where they don't have it in where the Where they home. don't have it with men, yeah. And so how do you do that? Well, you wrongly think that if you put out for guys, you will get something like that in return or their attention mm-hmm. may provide that for you. But that's the problem is when you provide it to guys for free, when you come to us, the arrangement is supposed to be, I as a man provide you with security, safety, and, and the whole list of things that men provide in exchange for, you know, what is the the sexual monopoly over you. Right. But yeah. when you as a woman are saying, no, no, you can have that for free. Then well, then men are like, okay, cool. I, that's awesome. I thought I had to, thought it was a whole arm and a leg right, deal. Right, right. And if girls feel like they have that security and that safety at home, yeah. Uh, they they will they are much less likely to go and try to seek it out from a, a third party male. Yeah, they will have enough self respect to hold a man right to that sort of commitment before. I know they it's bizarre him. that like the sexual dichotomy involves a woman's relationship with her father, but it just 
Oh, I think it totally does. Yeah. I, uh, if I have a daughter and I hope that I do, I will have the same sort of philosophy that I want her to feel like she's safe in her own home and that, that I am a protector and a provider for her so that she knows what that looks like for a prospective husband in the future. But also, so she doesn't have to go out with the sort of desperation that you're describing. Oh, I'm seeking these things. I need them. Really, anybody just give them to me. No, you don't have to sell yourself short. You have a quality home that you can fall back on. Right. Right. Um, uh, and congratulations, that? Ashley. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, as a mother of daughters, I can tell you it's just it's super fun. But they aren't teenagers yet. So. Kill grandma. My grandma has a powerful Alzheimer's diagnosis. Okay, so this is a real story then or what? She doesn't recognize her family and, he, and she has to be fed by nurses in her care home. Our family is paying thousands of dollars a month for her care and it is a huge expense. My question, is it moral to wish for her death? Her death would be a grace to us at the moment. She is barely alive and her soul is not there. It has made me rethink right to life. Okay. Um, I don't know yeah. if it's ex exactly the same. I, I'm sure a lot of people have very similar experiences, but... Um, one of my grandma's her, the end of her life was very similar where it's kind of that like return to childhood sort of thing where she almost became a five-year-old and she didn't really know who you were or remember who you were. And there's, there's a lot of sadness in that. And there, I, I, am sure, um, there's a lot of serious expense in the care for that person in the way that you're describing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think you're wrong to, consider those factors and but i would i say that it's wrong to wish for the death probably i don't i think that's something that should be reconsidered no i think that that's a totally natural and appropriate response death sometimes is um it's an end to suffering not just for the person that's suffering but for families and when wishing for somebody's death in this situation i think is perfectly natural and not immoral I, I guess maybe when you frame it that way i can see where you're coming from um, I'm less comfortable with it when it's like, oh, this is a burden. So I hope that she dies. Well, no, I'm fine with that too. I mean, it is a burden to take care of somebody that has no idea what's going on. It's emotionally damaging to the people that, that care for her. And the absolute, the best situation in here, the best situation possible is for her immediate death. That is the, the kindest solution for all parties involved. Okay. That doesn't mean well, you should kill her. I mean, yeah, we're going to draw the distinction between the uh, the thought and the act here. No, but you should um, pray for a merciful, immediate death. I think that is I, I the guess most moral you, thing to do. To understand your perspective, I guess what you're saying is you're still talking about nature taking its course, you know? No, um, you can't kill her. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I agree that faith in nature taking its course is the morally correct yeah. uh, perspective and thing to do. But I don't think it would be immoral to pray for her death. Ooh. Uh, I yeah, I don't like please God end in this suffering for her. This is this mm. must be a night. Can you imagine like not knowing who the people were? Oh, I know, I've I've seen it. It would yeah, be I know. a it's, fucking it's, nightmare. It's, it's terrible. terrible. But um But yeah, there's something I I know I usually try to have a better argument than that feels wrong, but that feels wrong to me. So I'm going with that for right now. No, I mean, I understand what it, you're saying. I mean, there's the finality to death, but yeah. there's also a finality to all an Alzheimer's diagnosis. It's progressive. It's permanent. It, it's only. Gonna and I think, I think whatever morality or immorality there may be in your thoughts or your wishes, that is certainly, 
I think of secondary moral importance to whatever actions you may take in that case. I think the real moral question is, yeah, whether there's the sort of um, the the death with dignity type stuff or the right to uh, physician assisted suicide, those sorts of things. And as I've I used to think that that was the right idea, I've moved against that in my recent years, in my adult years. That's its own conversation, I suppose. But anyway, uh, all the best to your family. I I know it's uh, I know it's a tough situation and and I I hope that you guys are able to get through that as um, as well as you possibly can. So uh, thanks for thanks for writing in. Appreciate it. This is like a Dixon my ass. You mean Matthias Dixon Matthias. Matthias. Yeah. I saw once to learn a second language at high school. He told me he wants to learn Mandarin, so I beat him with a belt. <laughs> <laughs> what second language would you want your kids to learn? Um, I wish that I would have taken French. I took Spanish because I was like, oh, it's more practical because I'm going to be surrounded by Mexicans my whole life. Yeah. Now, that last part, I was right about. But you shouldn't be bending to the whims of people that are uh, infiltrating your country. You should do it because a language has historical relevance or is beautiful or matters ancestrally to you. So, yeah, I wish I would have learned French. I don't know that there's anything wrong with thinking in practical terms. It's the same way I took or the same reason I took Spanish, too. It was like, well, a lot of people speak Spanish. So I guess if I have to do a foreign language, I should do that. I don't think there's anything wrong with choosing a language for that reason, even if you have dispute with the reason that language is becoming prominent. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it, uh, I don't know. I guess, like, first and foremost, I want my kids to speak and write English well, which I notice is a uh, is a declining skill set, particularly in writing. You know, yeah. Uh, there are some people who can't write uh, a sentence correctly, it seems, who somehow hold on to professional roles. So first and foremost, let's get that one squared away. But if, yeah, I guess, I guess I just don't put a lot of personal stock in foreign languages. Like it doesn't, I don't know that that matters to me that much. So if my kid was like, I got, I have this request or this requirement that I have to learn a foreign language, what should I do? I don't know that I would scoff at the reasoning of like a lot of people speak Spanish. So I guess I should learn Spanish. It doesn't mean that I'm in favor of, uh, you know, all the illegal immigration that is causing the proliferation of Spanish just to recognize like rightly or wrongly, there is utility in that. So, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I would, I would see that utility is, I don't know, probably more of more practical benefit than I want to learn. I don't know, Latin or something like that, or maybe not. I mean, a lot of our language is based on Latin. I suppose maybe you learn some, I don't know, learn some structure of our language or something that way. I don't know. <laughs> Cave to the illegals and speak Spanish. So that, that's my answer. Anyway, uh, good luck. Captain Norway says, considering half your country believes a constitutional amendment about granting citizenship to natural born citizens can be penumbrated into whatever you want from butt sex to abortions. How screwed do you think Trump is in the face of such legal shenanigans? I th- I'm I'm not exaggerating when I think that this Georgia case is of civil war type proportions. That might sound yeah. kind of preposterous, I guess, but I didn't realize this until looking into it upon this indictment. Um, this is the one where they have a a serious and real prospect 
and imprisoning him. And I'm not convinced that he would surrender to a term in prison. I, I just, I could see them convicting him. And if the law requires it, sentencing him. But do I think that Trump is going to go, well, I guess they got me now. I guess I have to go sit in some Georgia state prison somewhere. I could, I could see him saying, no, I'm going to hang out in Mar-a-Lago and you can come and get me if you want. And I could see some people helping him to do that. And when you have that situation, and again, I know there are a lot of variables that could interrupt that process, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that you have him sentenced to Georgia state prison, hiding out in a state like Florida or somewhere else. And Joe Biden sending us marshals to go get that fugitive. That is civil war type stuff because it's not just going to be Trump sitting there with his, with his 1911 or something like that saying, come and get me. Yeah. If they're going to put Trump in prison, I, I could envision uh, a situation where there are a lot of people who say, no, this is the line. And uh, they bring, they bring out the rifles to stand guard, you know? Oh, I agree. And then you have (laughs) um, like, imagine a situation that's like Waco where Trump is inside. That is going to be, like, I, it's not that great. That it, something? it totally could happen. So um, anyway, I forget exactly what the question was, but uh, I know that, uh, that uh, people think that Trump is going to escape prison and all this. And I'm not saying he's for sure going to jail. All I'm saying is, their intent for sure is to put him in jail is to put him in jail and you've seen the trajectory like i, I if you asked me a couple of years ago you think they're going to like try to make trump a criminal and put him in prison i would have said no that's like that's completely insane or maybe i wouldn't have i don't know but it seemed like a far fetched idea we're now a stone's throw away from that and i know there are some technical legal arguments too where it's like well what if uh what if the like, what if the trial goes past the election? What if he wins the election, but then the trial's ongoing and he's convicted after the election? He's a sitting president at the, or after inauguration, maybe he's a sitting president at that point. So wouldn't the prosecution have to stop? And it's an impeachment question and all that. Granted, I know that there's a lot of uncharted legal territory that's going to get really messy. But I, I know that these people, even if there's some complication like that. These people are not going to go, oh, well, I guess he won the election fair and square. We'll have to no, get him once he's else. done. This, they are, uh, they're planning plan B, C, D, E, F, G. Like they're going to have a, a, a playbook for every outcome. The only thing I can't figure out, because I have no doubt that this is a coordinated effort between the DOJ and, uh, and, and Alvin Bragg in Manhattan and Fannie Willis in Fulton County. The Georgia one is the one where they actually kind of have nailed it, where it's like, holy shit, the circumstances Actually, everything you guys need actually does kind of line up right here. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the case is a bullshit case, but they've got this whole racketeering law that they can make things like tweet crime and phone call crime and make everyone a big organization with a mandatory minimum prison sentence in a circumstance in which even the governor doesn't hold the pardon power and they can't pardon him anyway by by state law. That is by far the most real imprisoned Trump prospect that they have. If this is all organized, all coordinated in the way that I think it was, why didn't they go with that? Number one, like just that, that's your, that's your silver bullet. If you have one, why did you muddy it up with stormy Daniels horseshit and other nonsense? Maybe it's just like, well, 
we're throwing it all in the blender. Even if the blender is 90% this particular piece of the mix, we're still going to just throw the other right. shit in there and see. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. About that. <laughs> Dude, they, uh, this Georgia case is going, it's going to be fucked up. That's all I know. I wonder what's going to happen. I, I'm grabbing, <laughs> I was joking with a friend is like, because I hadn't read into it that much. And then when I started reading into it, I'm like, holy shit. I told him, I'm like, this is crazy, man. You know, grabs popcorn, grabs rifle. That's what I'm doing. It's, it's a tub of popcorn in my left hand and a rifle in my right. That's how I'm greeting this because this is both entertaining and terrifying. Yeah. What's the point of, um, of having a deal with any of this? If we get, at least can't derive some level of entertainment. Value? Oh, it's entertaining as hell. I just, I'm also, yeah. you know, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but, I, I'm so I'm not going to say I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm huddling in the in the corner or something like that. No, I'm just I'm I'm very worried for my country the, no matter what direction this takes. It is incredible tension, hostility. Yep. All of the this. This is not like a easily resolved conflict. This is like people with guns trying to capture a man with other people with guns pointed pointing him back. That's what we're headed toward. Yeah, I know. Uh, so there's one more. Yeah, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Riggardly. Uh, Juggernaut the Destroyer. <laughs> Hello, Riggardly folk. Now we what can say that one. Yeah. To be the benefits of corporate house ownership and vice versa. I can see benefits mm. that a corporation could theoretically produce, e.g. purchasing a section of dilapidated houses and revamping them all along the same architecture theme to make a beautiful neighborhood. Yep. Um, but this seldom happens as nice houses will not change the demographics of a bad area. The primary detriment, however, is a dystopian future where 90% of people are renting with barely anyone owning their property. I know you sent this question last week and we discussed it, but he did that. That was an addendum that gave some uh, illuminated his question a little bit more. So I thought I would put it on, but I think, I think you're right that the, that the um, negative outcomes probably outweigh the positive potential. I think you nailed the, the positives and the negatives. So I actually wouldn't change your own answer to your own question that much. I mean, there is no doubt that that um, development of a nice area Now we can talk about like the cost of developing a nice house individually. But if you want nice neighborhoods built, it's going to take investor money. It just is unless I guess the only alternative I can think of is oh, like an organization of families that come together for that purpose. But they're still pooling their money to form what is a quasi business at that point to develop this and sell it off to individual buyers so there is a reason that sort of thing has to exist but the downfall is yeah what happens with when these companies who uh you know have the property rights to these particular properties when they decide no we're actually not interesting interested in selling properties to families we're interested in holding them and making because we're reducing the supply making it harder for those families to buy homes and potentially uh maybe forcing is too strong of a word but making situations in which they are more likely to have to rent at which point they are you know more beholden to us so um i've had a few emails about this and some people helping me try to figure it out and i, st- I still don't have an answer for how to solve that correctly i don't i don't want to get the heavy hand of the state coming in saying you are allowed to own this and you are not and you must do this with your property and you can't do that with your property I also understand, though, that if all the power is is in these business interests and their interests are not aligned with families being in homes in this way, you're going to have damaging consequences to society because society is only as strong as its families are. 
And if families aren't able to get into homes uh, with with some accessibility, I'm not saying everyone should be guaranteed a mansion or something, but if, if the American dream of having your own home and building your family within it is inaccessible to most people, what kind of country are you building? I think your, your mic or your, uh, your mic is muted. Sorry, my dog was barking. Uh, yeah. We have tons of super chats. We gotta get yeah, all right. Um, thank you for the thoughts. I think, I think you answered your own question quite well. Um, just a few over on rumble here. Uh, shadow band says just got paid. So I figured I'd throw you a few shekels from some, for some bud light. Cheers faggots. Well, thank you. Uh, but I can get a lot of Bud Light with that particular tip. So I appreciate yep. that. I think that's like a penny for a bottle these days. Yeah. yeah. They pay you to drink. <laughs> Token Spick says, I bet Blonde knows all about all meat diets. You don't get pregnant <laughs> twice if you don't like meat. But seriously, I do lean keto most of the time. Diet is, is not about <sighs> just one thing. Yeah. Uh, he also says, I played around with Rosetta Stone and some audio courses before. Picked up some Swedish, Russian, and others. Uh, that, why didn't we answer Russian? If you want to go on horse rides with Vlad, you got to learn Russian. Learn it first. If you want to teach your kids, I should formally try to learn. You know, I need to learn to speak Ukrainian so I can fill out applications for government aid. If I want to be practical, that's how, that's what I should have answered. It's not about Spanish. That's a poor person's language. I need to speak Ukrainian to cash in. Unless you want to, you know, cartel, go cartel. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. All right. We're good on rumble. Thank you guys. Old Mulray, dude, you didn't read this. Why do you think people love old covered bridges? Old what? Covered bridges? I don't know. It's a, it's a, I don't know if this is a euphemism for something disgusting. Um, but I think it's a, it's like a, an aesthetic of a bygone era. Covered bridges? Am I hearing that mm-hmm. correctly? Yeah. I guess I didn't realize people loved those. That's new. I've... Everyone loves covered bridges. Okay. I guess th- I, Okay. I didn't have a strong feeling about them and I've never heard someone who really does, but I'll take your word for it. I wouldn't know why though. Cause this love is new to me. The training army. We're on the March fools. Yeah, I know. Oh no. YouTube name. Funny headline today. California legalized jaywalking in the name of equity as LA pedestrian death sword. Uh, is that true? I, I, I know that the jaywalking was decriminalized or something, but, um, did they have a, a problem with pedestrian deaths? I, hope I don't so. know. I, I'm just, that's probably actually not even a joke. It's probably 100% true. Long Don John. Proud gentleman here with a shiny platinum MC logo to show for it. Y'all missed an opportunity to call the highest supporter to your love maker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pro- I mean, you know, my stance on chat memes is like the minute you try to stop them is, the, is, is that's how they get stronger. So oh, I yeah. don't. I don't um, I don't try to Speaking you guys you guys better not make any more gay jokes yeah. on the other side, though. I, I don't want to lean into it too much because then that's just gay. Yeah. Although I do lean into Matt is not gay. So what's the difference? Michael Hanky Buck. No way. The pinnacle of gayness is blowing a dude to completion. There's nothing gayer than being a man with a mouthful of semen. <laughs> what about a butt full? What about a butt full of semen? Yeah. <laughs> Thank answer you. The, the tough questions on this show. What about a both full? Thank you, Knuckle Hunky Buck. Bison American Club. Jesus stopped the gay. Amen. <laughs> Wait, Jesus. Oh, I thought he was saying, telling us to stop it. He's saying Jesus did stop it. Uh, he didn't stop it because I'm still seeing it all the time. 
Mighty Sebastian. Hi, guys. Sorry if my conversation was a bit all over the place. I promise I won't talk about opportunistic homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really prompted some uh, some conversation this evening. So thank you for calling in. We're too good. Dear Lord, tonight's show really took a left turn into the butt crack tonight. Literally. It really I want some butts! It was the theme. Yes, man. Rebecca, I didn't even know you're 35. You definitely look 25, at least, by the way, considering you gave birth. I'm surprised you didn't expire as fast. Strong genes. Um, I reject this thing that women that have that have kids age worse. I'm, I'm just not really seeing that amongst like people I know. I don't know. I think having kids keeps you young. You got to chase them around. You have to exercise. Yeah. Um, Anna Beth Smith Kingsley. Matt and I once made love, but it was only thigh sex, so it wasn't that straight. <laughs> That's a big game, man. Thank you. Um, what, Dad? What are you, what are you doing? Oh, it's a picture of my dog. Michael Hunky Buck. You have to be concerned about chiggers in nougat. <laughs> I can't believe I, I, I navigated that. We should have. Yeah, that, that one is is uh, dangerous. Should have moved to not Texas, but Tennessee, so I could be a proud nougat resident. The Cisco, I'm Mountain Blonde. Wanted you guys to know I became a father to a baby girl. My heart is full of joy. Love the show. God bless you both. Congratulations. This happened yesterday. I, that so that is so great. Congratulations. Congratulations to you and your family. Annabeth Smith Kingsley, this came through twice. Let us know. Wait, it came through. No, only twice. Okay, we can send that money back. Um, buddy with an H. The key to generational wealth is gentrification. Time to get your hands dirty. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's true. Yeah. Um, Knuckle Buck. We shouldn't necessarily lament the downfall of cinema. It would probably be a good thing if the bread were to become stale and the circus repetitive. Yes, but I don't think that that's going to happen because VR is right on the horizon. Annabeth also said, you mean Matt AR. and I once... Wait, wait, or what about VR? Oh, I'm talking about bread and circuses. Uh, what were you talking about? Well, I guess, no, I guess I'm confused about the implications of VR. The bread for... and circuses? There's going to be oh. a new revolution of bread and circuses for the masses and it's going to be VR. Oh, okay i guess i was con- i thought i was connecting vr to movies and i didn't know necessarily what you meant but you're you're speaking broader than that oh yeah it's going to be crazy it's going to be like you can have 20 year old jessica all the below you in vr oh yeah it's like interactive type yeah okay. yeah it's going to yeah. be a disaster annabeth matt and i once made love but it wasn't very straight because it was only on the thighs also blonde you love the show the nick it's about old-timey victorian doctors that show is fantastic i love like a like a 1910 plastic surgery procedure is just what chef's kiss. they did it back then oh yeah plastic surgery has a long and extensive history the botchery 100 years ago had to be pretty bad you would be shocked at how good some of the outcomes were for wartime injuries i guess it makes sense in that application it's not just cosmetic it's like uh some of them were cosmetic hmm I guess I guess injury is still cosmetic, but you know what I mean? Like purely elective, not nothing happened. There was some of that. There was some of that. Um, That came through twice. Annabeth, Uh, we'll send that money back to you. Matteo, Matt, you did an incredible Benny J impersonation. Blonde, you're in your prime still. You look 28 on a bad day. I'll take you, Lana Lorowitzki, as my top three gals. But we're all old. I think Lana's like 43. Lorowitzki's 37 or something. Maybe you're just like old women. I don't know, man. Maybe so. But you take the I, compliment, of course. I will. I, I'll take all the compliments. Um, and I will take the compliment. None of which about my nose these days. On behalf of uh, 
Ben Shapiro. You're an asshat. Thank you, sir. I got to reload. Uh, Annabeth also says, <laughs> I think this came Repeat. through several times. So Annabeth, definitely check your uh, your bank account, your credit card, whatever. If there are multiple charges on that, uh, send me an email and we can get that taken care of. Because it looks like you got Raja Mohan. Raja Mohan says, sorry, that transaction didn't process when in fact it, you keep typing it in and it processed like four times. So if you got Raja Mohan, uh, send me an email. Uh, buddy with an H says, is this a black pill or a white pill? Take your pick. But the commies have been at it in the U.S. for the last 120 years. One election isn't going to change anything overnight. Pick your most important issue. Lesser of two evils. Move the chains. Um, well, I guess I could see that in both ways. Like the black pill is that uh, there's nothing you can really do within the system to alter this trajectory. Um, I don't know if I would take that position entirely, but I'm closer to that than I ever have been. <laughs> We're going to get you. Uh, the white pill, though, is that. Uh, hey, we've been on a slow walk for 120 years. So even though you think this is drastic, it's really only like an it's, inch beyond yeah. where we were before. So, um, you know, it, it, if you think of it as like death by a thousand paper cuts or something, this is really only paper cut <laughs> 999. So it's not that bad yeah. at that point. I'm going to say that's still more black pill, though, because what's the trajectory? The trajectory is destruction. So that would be a, a negativity. In fact, in many ways, slow destruction is worse than uh, quick. Hence the collapsitarian or accelerationist position. Speaking of, Buddy also says, for those on the right with the accelerationist mindset, Blonde, this one's for you. Why are you not voting? Why not put your foot on the gas and vote Democrat down the line? Fair point. At least then you have the satisfaction of winning. There's an argument to be made for that. Hmm. Um, but my thing is that, like, I don't want the moral culpability. I want, I, I don't care about like passive immorality. I can sleep, but it's the, it's the active immorality of doing that. Hmm. Also, I'm on the fence about accelerationism because now that I have kids, I'm like, I do want them to have the maximum length of time that they feel societal safety in their childhood. Yeah. Well, but what Buddy doesn't know, if you ever seen 2000 mules, blonde is mule one through 500. Actually, she did. <laughs> Plenty of work in the last election. Uh, and she'll do it again in 2024. I, I truly will. Um, Buddy also says, I'll, I'll just read this one and then I'll let you take over. Uh, Diversity is our strength. A diesel specialist mechanic shop owner needs a strong CPA to keep as much of their money as possible. Who cares about uh, the federal debt if you pay figuratively zero taxes? No shame in doing the math in the AC ripping off the feds. I guess maybe there's some truth to that, but. Anybody who thinks like, you know, as long as my personal finances are OK, what's going on with the federal government doesn't really matter. You mean boomers? Uh, maybe there's some of that, but it's it's such foolishness. Except for you, mom. She gets so mad like, if I don't Look at the foolishness of, of Corona where it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll take the $3,000 federal government checks or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and ha has that deal really held up for you? How much ex how much more expensive is everything now and is it yeah. in excess of three thousand dollars in annual costs for you yeah. probably is yeah. the latest report that just came out the average american family is spending something like seven hundred dollars per month more on just basic necessities than they were oh, two or three sake. years ago that's a ton of money that's so much money so yeah your stupid government oh uh, as long as i get mine you know and i'm not i know this isn't your position buddy i'm talking about the 
the collective, the guy in, that you're describing in this situation. Well, as long as like my, you know, I get my check or my business is taken care of. It's like, yeah, well, when everything you have is devalued closer and closer to zero, it doesn't look like such a good deal anymore, does it? Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of short-sighted foolishness in that regard. All right. Blanche, in a mid-30s white guy bothered with the new age 2023 trader white girl or just go for a good-looking right-wing Asian or Latino girl. I, this is a really difficult question because I can't advise men to miscegenate. That seems wrong. But also, I can't advise them to like keep pumping this dry well of fat, tatted-up, white American whores. And then I also can't in good conscience tell them not to get married and have kids because it's one of the greatest joys that exists in the world. I just felt my baby move. Crazy, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to like, you're going to have to use your own conscience to guide you. That's such a bullshit answer. You know? <laughs> Find your truth, Maddie. Well, no, I see think what you can tolerate. Like if you have Mexican children or whatever, are you going to look at your kids that look nothing like you and be like, what the fuck have I done? Like, what have I done? Well, I, or are you going to be like, they're my blood too. So like you are, yeah, I'm not, you are eliminating yourself, right? To some degree. And I won't, uh, obviously to me, the, the value structure is more important than, than the race in play here. But I, I don't think it, I get, I get it. I understand. And I experience that myself too. The fact that my son looks like me, it, it does, it does matter to me. I wouldn't say that's a zero consideration. Especially when they're bad. <laughs> but um, fundamentally, when you're shopping for for a wife, Values she has to be the best mm -hmm. prospect of a mother for your children. And if I have to make concessions, like if you picture the ideal form of your wife and you're perfectly entitled to have certain demographic characteristics, if if that's what exists in your mind. The question to me is, would I be more willing to to sacrifice some of those factors in this ideal form that I have in my head or would I be more willing to sacrifice on the traits that make a great mom and and the values that she holds I have to I have to go for the value structure in that situation if I have yeah, to make sacrifices but that, that's also accepting this premise that like there are no good women I understand that like it's not great out there but it's also not great for women in other countries and if you take a woman out of some Asian country and she's totally um, submissive and she's traditional everything. And you put her in the West, she will become a Western woman. So, well, that and, just, then, and then you're going to control how though, like, you know, the, the, the society you take away her sushi. That's what you do. You have to live where they are. Like if yeah. you want them to, to maintain part of that ecosystem. Ah, that's right? an interesting question too. Like, should you travel to another place? If you travel, if you do this passport bro thing, you have to live in the country of origin of the woman. Otherwise, if you take her out, you're going to end up with kids that aren't your race and a westernized woman. And you're going to be fucked. Hmm. You're better off trying to meet a divorced 30-year-old white woman that does not have children. Ooh. Uh, well, I, guess, I mean, I guess like if... if at 30 years old, though, if you're wanting to have kids, I mean, you, you got to get right to it. Get right to it. Yeah. But if she if she has the right ideas, if you buy into it, you believe her like, yeah, I mean, I guess. And then you I guess I'd have to know the reason for the divorce. Right? Too. It's the divorce part that makes me skeptical there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's risky. Um, yeah. Hold more. Hi, Tree Seekers. Fun fact. You don't need a working model for a patent. I have one such. Also, I think the field effect transistor was patented in the 19... 19- was patented in the 1920s. The first transistor came out in the late 1950s. Interesting. So you can, you can patent the plans, even if you've never built a functional version of it. That's news to me, but you'll be shocked to learn. I don't hold any patents. Never designed a damn thing except for this duct tape production. Hey, that's not nothing, buddy. Well, I didn't uh, design the elect, the electronic components. I just, uh, and I barely understand all the things that make it happen, like Discord. I, I hardly understand how it works at all. Steven Suarez says, Blonde shall age gracefully if you continue to snarkingly tell the caller, do I look like I eat sugar? Oh, I eat sugar. Yeah. It's a problem. Thank you, Steven. Appreciate it. Um, Buddy with an H says, I've got some more, uh, but got to solidify my points on paper. What's this about blonde got the HIV for the last year? She's been talking about how everyone's got HPV and it's totally normal. Now she's got a false positive AIDS test. Sure. Oh, there you go. I mean, having HPV is not normal, but the first time you have sex, you have a 50% chance of contracting it. So like if you don't want to get HPV, you just have to not have sex until you're married and marry a virgin. It's the only way. Otherwise you will contract it. Um, what is the, what's the, this about blonde get, got HIV. I had a false positive HIV antigen test uh, in my prenatal profile. It was very frightening. It was a whole thing. We talked about it in the show last week, but my PCR test has come back and it is a confirmed False positive, likely triggered by um, COVID or some weird viral illness that I had at the time. Or actual AIDS. No, I have, I have that covered. Okay. All right. Uh, Mayo Clinic took care of that one. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Over on Odyssey, just one. Uh, this, is, this is a trap right here. The, <clears throat> the rigors are bigger than the actual N-word than Nick Kerr. There are multiple Nick Kerrs, by the way. Now, it's not only Steve's son, the basketball player, but there's some ABC politics reporter named Nick Kerr. Riggers need to have their neighbors like N-word Nick Kerr. No, oh, what a disaster. I'm so glad I didn't have to read this. Uh, yeah. The N-word. You know what the N-word is? Here, I thought oh, it was a trap to try to get me to say the N-word, but then there's just two actual N-words in it. Um, so, come on, yeah. Brian. Blonde is still hot. Matt, my friend, is getting married and his wife, Blue Hair, is going to make him change his last name. What What? are your arguments as to why a wife should take a man's name? Convince a lip. Dude, Hmm. your friend is a pussy and he needs to not marry this girl. My husband told me that if I didn't take his last name, he would not have married me. Um, Yeah, I well, there was never any dispute in my family, like with my wife about that either. So. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, it, it's it's just part of the idea that the man is head of household, uh, and I guess if you want to if you want to dispute that, uh, that's fine. <laughs> but I think it's not just um, like an old time's sake type thing. I think that man the man being the head of household is what creates the most happiness for men and women alike. Men feel happiest and most fulfilled when they take an assertive leadership role in their households and in their families. And women 
feel most happy when they are in a supportive role in their families. And I think the the adoption of the name is a recognition of that in a way that keeps things simple instead of having 50 hyphens in everyone's name to remember how three generations ago someone was named this in your family. Yeah, it's I mean, a sign I of I, lack of respect, not taking your husband's name. Yeah, I, I just, I, it's, I don't think it's um, it's any kind of like diminishment to the woman or her contribution to the marriage or to the children and all of that. I think it's just a, a method of simplicity that acknowledges that the man is head of household. And that's not to take away from women. It's just to recognize that women are also happiest in that situation. Generally, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, you can see it every day when a decision of consequence comes before my family. Um, do I consult my wife about her opinion? Yes. Yeah. Do I consider it and hope that she is satisfied with the decision that we make? Yes. But does my wife actually want anything to do with making a serious decision of consequence? No, no, she Dude, wants. That's m- why we got married. So we don't have to make these giant decisions. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, like the, us moving to a new house is a great example. It's like, you know, my wife, um, will sit on, you know, and I'm not making, I'm not ripping her, but you could sit, you could sit on Zillow and mark a million different properties and imagine what if, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to live there? And wouldn't it, this be nice? And imagine that. And then when it came time to move here, she makes fun of me because the process was literally, I like that house. We live there now. That's what it was. <laughs> it's like, that's the one we're going there. Well, yeah. And that's why, that's why women need men. Yeah. And, and by that, that, that's not disrespectful to her shopping instincts in other contexts. And by the way, I I know that she has no dispute with that sort of decision-making process. She doesn't want to deal with the stress of making that sort of thing happen. I, I gotta That's why out. she I, has my name. Sorry. That's, that's the long, it's the long way around. Um, but I, I don't know, like man, if you're swamp crotch situation, like you would not believe we have to get off. All right. If right your now. friend is marrying a blue hair, I don't know. Good luck. Uh, why are you uh, friends with this pussy dude? And, why? And Godspeed to him. Break up with your friend or you'll be a pussy. Okay. I think we're all set, but let me give a quick refresh just to make sure. The love of God. I'm sorry about the swamp crotch. At least it's, it's 100 not... degrees in my house. I don't know why I do yeah. this to myself. Okay. Get we are air all conditioning. set. Uh, thank you guys. Yeah, you should just get air conditioning. That is my husband's job. <laughs> exactly. That's why you have his name. That's what I was just talking I know. About. People are like, you fix the problem. I'm like, but I want to complain about it. Exactly. That brings us all the way around. Men don't contribute anything to this pregnancy arrangement, but also he should have to do all the things. What? This is one thing. I need it. <laughs> oh, it's just the one. Just I the have AC. a yeast infection behind my knees. Okay? All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Matt Christensen.com. Matt Christensen Media.com. Matt is dot gay slash podcast. If you want to find the rest of the show later, we'll be back on Sunday. 